All right, welcome to Becca Radio. This is day two of Becca Radio. This is actually day four of the national convention. Happy Saturday to all you guys out there. Uh, we got a lot planned. We uh, a ton of interviews, and honestly, I didn't get to uh, all the people that I wanted to talk to. We were supposed to talk to Brian Gray of Leaf, uh, Chris Carlin of Upper Deck, and it's just been so busy here. Uh, on the Saturday at the National Convention that we just ran out of time. So hopefully we'll be able to get them on a quick phone interview for a little recap of their success here at the National Convention. But uh, for Saturday, we got some really uh, really cool uh, special guests. We got Tops coming on, uh, Leon Lucky with uh, Net54Baseball.com. Chris Olds obviously has to do an appearance or two. Uh, we also have ESPN Mint Condition to talk all about ESPN. And uh, Kelsey, who uh, works for ESPN Mint Condition, talks about his uh, personal collection, stuff like that. Phil Pritchard with the NHL Hall of Fame. He is the guy that you see holding the Stanley Cup right before the champions touch it uh, for their final game. He's the, he's the guy with the long hair, uh, with the white gloves and the suit. He's kind of a cult icon, uh, but we uh, had the chance to talk a little bit about hockey and hockey cards with him. So that's a not uh, a not miss interview, I guess you can call that. And as always, we had to get Tracy Hackler on Becker Radio because he's a good friend of us. And uh, we had a couple collectors come on the show. Uh, Richard Hardy, uh, big time collector who uh, is a good friend of Chris Olds, does a lot of chatter up stuff, as well as Kevin uh, from Michigan. He did some good stuff too. So we had a couple collectors talk and have a little fun here on Becker Radio. So yeah, here's day two of the National Convention here in Cleveland, Ohio. Hope you guys enjoy, and thanks for listening to Becker Radio. All right, so uh, to start off Saturday, we got a lot planned here at the Becker booth, but uh, to lead it off, Hockey Hall of Fame, Phil Pritchard, of the uh, vice president of the Hall of Fame with the Resource Center, and he's the guy, he's one half of the guys who uh, takes out the Stanley Cup. Uh, out to the ice. It's a huge honor to have you on the show, sir. How are you doing today? It's great. So let's let's talk about hockey. I mean, why not? Hey, perfect. I, yeah, I'm a huge San Jose Sharks fan. What what do you think about the Sharks next year? Uh, well, you know what? Let's pers- from a personal point of view, <laughs> I've been in a pool the last five years. I've picked the Sharks to win every oh, year. Okay, good. Uh, you know what? They've they've had some great players. They got. They got some great players, yeah. Joe Thornton and and Marlowe and the crew. Yeah, uh, they're in a tough conference. I mean, obviously, look at the teams that are in there. Yeah. all the teams are getting better, so it's got to make the Sharks better as well. And definitely. So we'll see what happens as the uh, the teams swing down the West Coast. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's three tough games going into California for every team. Exactly, and we also have Stephen LaRoche, our uh, new basketball and hockey editor here at Beckett. What do you think about next season? Uh, I'm looking forward to everything next season. I, you know, I live and breathe hockey of every, course. every day, uh, whether it's junior, everything from junior A to AHL, NHL, U- European action. I'm following it. I, it's, it's just a way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been collecting since uh, about 1982. Yeah. So, uh, and it's just, for me, it's, it's just the perfect sport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's go back to you, Phil. What, what's it like to hold the Stanley Cup? Like, uh, you I know mean, what? <laughs> we can start right off the top. I would have, I'd trade everything I do to win it once. Yeah. I mean, for these guys that spend their lifetime and get that opportunity to hoist it over their head on the ice and then yeah. bring it home to their family and friends and say thanks, that's got to be the greatest feeling ever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's second or third greatest feeling is to hang <laughs> out with it and walk the red carpet with Craig Campbell each year yeah. and watch the captain pick it up and then hang out with her this summer. That's, I mean, it's, it's awesome, but yeah. I... I think, and, and Steve will tell you, and anyone will tell you, anyone in hockey, 
They love getting up in the morning. They love their job. Yeah. They love everything about it. Exactly. And that's what makes it, as we were talking earlier, that's what makes it the greatest sport there is. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's I, I just love watching, even if my team's not in the cup or the playoffs, uh, I just love watching the end when they all win it just because it's, it's pure emotion. You know, they finally went over the hump. They finally won that prestigious honor, that trophy. And it's great to see, you know, what they say or what they do with that trophy. Now, do you have any uh, specific moments in mind that stands out when someone or a team won the trophy that just made your job that much more memorable? Well, you know what? I mean, every year when we walk that red carpet, it, it's pretty special. We, yeah. are, we are kind of behind the scenes until the whistle goes, and then you see the kind of organized, organized chaos happens yeah. on the ice. <laughs> The red carpet comes rolling out, yeah. and whether we're, it's an away win or a home win, obviously it's totally different. Uh, this past year with LA, that walk on the ice around around the boards and around the carpet area yeah. by the fans, it was unbelievable. I mean, it yeah. was a home ice win. The Kings fans have, uh, obviously since 67, there's a lot of diehard Kings fans there, yeah. and they showed it this year when we did that walk walking it to Commissioner Bettman and when he handed it over to Dustin Brown pretty amazing feeling for yeah. Dustin and for Craig and I to stand there and be that close to it yeah yeah it's pretty special each each year when that happens whether it was the Kings last year or, or the Blackhawks before or whatever it's always a it's a magical moment like you said and for every hockey fan whether their team wins it or not that moment is basically the pinnacle of, of the hockey season Definitely. now Phil uh, what was the first year you brought out the cup the first year we did it on the red carpet was 94, uh, but prior to that, we, we used to bring it out on the ice. It was actually during a television timeout. The team would win, and myself and the NHL security guys would take it out on the ice, and then it would be there when the TVs came back on, and they'd do the whole thing. Yeah. Obviously, in 94, when the Rangers won, uh, Gary Bettman and his team kind of became... Uh, patriarchs of the NHL and they're trying to figure out a way how do you make that more I don't want to use the word Hollywood but make it more prestigious prestigious yeah, yeah it's yeah. a great word and that red carpet the white gloves and all of that <laughs> matching suits yep it just it seemed to fit and that tradition started like instantly when yep. we did that first step all of a sudden yeah. this was it I mean this <laughs> was the thing you that we needed yeah, yeah. to bring the cup higher than the game, which yeah. which it is. Yeah. Now, are you considered a trustee of the Stanley Cup? Uh, no, there are two trustees. Scotty Morrison and uh, Brian O'Neill are the two trustees of the Stanley Cup right now. Okay. And, I mean, through time, since Lord Stanley presented it, he's always had two trustees. Okay. And they are around until one of them passes away and another trustee comes So on. one day it could be you and Craig as the trustees. Who knows? Which would be pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a It'd long... be great, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. for now we're uh, employed by the Hockey Hall of Fame and we get the privilege and the honor to walk out that red carpet every year and then kind of hang out with it during the summer or during yeah. the season, wherever it may be. Now, uh, I mean, what's it like just working for the Hockey Hall of Fame? You know, I mean, here we are at the uh, probably the biggest collector show Definitely. in the world, and yeah. there's collectors all over the place. Every one of these guys has their own Hall of Fame in their basement. <laughs> for uh, for Craig and myself and the other guys that work at the hall, we take that one step further, and it's for the people. So we preserve everything. You look at all these booths here. There's a a lot of uh, let's see how we can word it. 
we collect a lot of things, but yeah. we're a master of none. <laughs> yeah. These guys are masters of what they do. Mm-hmm. We kind of take it all in and do a whole display on hockey. Are we the masters on cards? No, you guys are. Are we the masters on rings? No, there's other guys are, but we have them all. Yeah. And it's our goal is to preserve them for through time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're telling the story of hockey past, present, and future. As Steven was talking, talking earlier about junior hockey, AHL, international, we have it all there. Yeah. Yeah. And hockey's played in 75 countries now. We try and tell the story of it all. Yeah. Now, um, and the Hockey Hall of Fame, for those of you who don't know, it's in downtown Toronto. It's uh, fairly easy to get to, uh, right down near the Air Canada Centre. And you guys moved there in the early 90s. And uh, do you think there's ever going to be any sort of expansion beyond where, where you're at now? Because you, you seem to acquire all these treasures and uh, you know you can only show a few at a time. Do you ever think it's going to come to, to that point yeah, in the future? Well, I mean, first, Steve, thanks for the plug, because yeah. we are in downtown Toronto. <laughs> no and you know what? You come down to Toronto, you've got the Air Canada Centre, you've got the Hall of Fame, you've got Gretzky's Restaurant, all within walking distance for the hockey fan. That's the ultimate trip weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But back to your question. I mean, we have, we have 75,000 square feet down at Young and Front in downtown Toronto now. Uh, our archives and resource centre has moved off-site now. We are uh, in a building where the Leafs practice... The AHL Toronto Marlies practice in Hockey Canada have a building as well. So we have 18,000 square feet there. So yes, we've expanded a bunch. We do yeah. a lot of outreach. Uh, so we take displays on the road and everything, whether it's trophies, artwork, uh, interactive games, displays, or whatever. So uh, it's, it's whether or not we, the people keep coming to Toronto or we reach out to them. Yeah. I mean, I think both ways there's possibilities to expand on it absolutely I, I guess we'll see how it goes I mean the game is growing everywhere as, as we know ice yeah. rinks are being built kids are playing hockey everywhere and the love of the game is growing and growing through the media the magic of media and television and internet and that so yeah. it's it's endless what it'll happen but I mean do we look to tomorrow to see where we expand and hey every we're open to everything yeah now I think you have a hockey card as well yeah, I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Um, upper deck looked after you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What did What did you think when you when you saw? Well, that? you know what? I mean, for the past three years now, we've done this special series with Upper Deck on uh, travels with Stanley during the summer. Great set. Uh, it's uh, the guys. They travel the cup. It's their photos. It's the story on the back. Yep. And it's one of those unique things that no other sport can do. And they're a tough pull. Yeah, they yeah. they are. And it's <laughs> it's been a really really good set for Upper Deck, and we're doing one again this year. And then they came to us and said, Phil, we want to do you a card as well. And I thought, well, you know what? I've, I've been collecting cards like forever too. And to have a hockey card of my own, personally, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. From a profession point of view, probably think, why has this guy got a card? <laughs> but I think it's pretty cool. I think most hockey fans know who you are. Yeah. They, they have the familiarity. If, they're, if, they're, if they see you in the past, they're like, they might pause for a second, but then they'll realize, wait. <laughs> they go, I know that guy with a bad hairdo. Where's his gloves? Where's the white gloves? <laughs> well, maybe. But yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. cool. I mean, going back to that, it, it's pretty cool. Well, yeah. here's an idea for Chris Carlin if he's listening. Okay. Um, getting a pair of your white gloves that you handled Ooh. the cup with, cup them up, put them into game use memorabilia cards, or at least cup present- presentation worn yeah. memorabilia cards. Well, you know what? I mean, you're saying about here's some ideas, and there are tons of ideas out there to yeah. come up with things. But yeah, to do a, a Stanley Cup 
day set or something? Like yeah. what happens to the cup behind the scenes yeah. then on the ice and have yeah. those photos become cards? I mean, yeah. there's a set there too. I it, mean, there's, exactly. there's lots of them. Yeah. yeah. But I think Chris, if... Are you if <laughs> well, we'll be letting Chris know. Yeah, we'll, right over there. We'll right? let him know in a couple hours here. No, yeah. but I mean, I think the idea is, and see you're talking about it. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're sitting here looking at the Beckett sign saying collecting today and tomorrow. I mean, there's tons of ideas yeah. that yeah. can help make it grow, whether whether it's in hockey or, yeah. or what have you, on the ice or behind the scenes. Yeah. As I said, people love that kind of yeah. stuff. And I, I think hockey, more than anything, they're, they're passionate and loyal and very traditional about the game. And yeah. they love that that history part of it, yeah. whether it's the walk of the cup or whether yeah. it's the yeah. guys bringing the cup home or the the beard super, I mean, all yeah. of that stuff. All that yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's great, fans great love it. They love it. Yeah. They love it. it. It's a sport that's been so long based on tradition. And, you know, as as hockey historians, we, we always try to share share that with everybody we meet. And I think that's what one of the things that makes the game truly special. Mm. Yeah, you're so right. And, I mean, I, I love the word hockey historian. I guess we are them. Yeah. I never see myself. I always say that's an old guy that's a hockey story. But, but we love the game, and we're, we're passing on our knowledge. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I guess in a, a way we are. Yeah. You know what? Well, there's a, a neat thing we do in um, there's a college in uh, Ontario, in Canada, Seneca College. We have a Hockey Hall of Fame Presents mm. course. It's a college course oh, nice. on the game yeah, of hockey. It, exactly. It's phenomenal. And people love it. Yeah. And it's it's basically talking hockey, marketing the game, promoting the game, just like this. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we'll give you guys a credit now for it. You're good. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, what's the future for the NHL, in your opinion? What, what do you think? Maybe some more rule changes, maybe some more expansion teams. I I mean, what, what do you see well, in the I, near I mean, future? I just... I think every year when we in June when we're walking out the cup, that's pretty cool to yeah. think of the future of the <laughs> NHL. Where does it go from here? I mean, it's it's on the rise, obviously, and as we all know, with with the logos, with the teams, and everything. Yeah. Uh, what's the end part? I, I who knows where it is. I mean, hockey is growing worldwide. Yeah. Obviously, all the players in the world want to play in the NHL, and I'm sure it's something. Uh, the league office and, and Gary Bettman's guys are always considering yeah. uh, everybody's coming to the National Hockey League. Yeah. When does the National Hockey League go to them? I, I, that, I don't know. It's, yeah. I mean, it's and we can always bring back the Fox Track puck. <laughs> you know, I didn't know about that. I think I'm too young for that, but I looked at, a, at an article and read about that. I think that was one of the funniest things. You know, I just... But it's it's a tradition, you know. It's yeah. something in the past that you know. You, but you, you know what? About. You look you look at the other sports. Uh, the NFL came out with the, on the TV yep. the, the, the ten yard marker, yep. the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, and there's things like that with all the sports to do that. Hockey is so fast. How? Do, I mean, I thought it was a great idea to come up with something. Yeah. It just the, the, the game was too yeah. fast. Yep. The execution wasn't there. But. If you watch back now and you see that streak going through the... It's cool. I mean, it was way ahead of its time. I was just going to say it was way ahead of its time. And I think if they try it again with the technology as it is now, I think yeah. it would be a lot better. And it, the public would uh, really like it more, you know? I, I'm sure. It's I mean, you got to give Fox credit. They, they tried. Yeah. And you think now it's... Uh, when was that? That was the... 95, 96. Yeah, it was almost yeah. 20 years ago now. Yeah. Exactly. That's and they probably have one of those pucks out there. Yeah, we have, we have a few of them. We have some that Fox gave us that were cut up to yeah. show the inside. Oh, wow. Amazing piece of technology. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the 10-yard the marker on the NFL works awesome. Yeah. Hockey's got to come up with something. To me, and I'm sure like all hockey fans, you see a game live, you're sold. Oh, yeah. I mean, then you can follow it on TV easy. Exactly. you got to go Absolutely. and see it live. Yeah. So who was your hockey hero growing up? Mine was uh, 
Serge Savard of the Montreal Canadiens. Very good choice. Yeah, in the, <laughs> yeah. In the 70s. Uh, actually, my fr I used to write, send away for autographs. He used yep. to write the letters. Yeah. And the first guy I ever got was Phil Roberto. Of the was it the card of him fighting Billy was, Smith? No, no, remember that one? <laughs> oh, I love that card. Uh, he was on St. Louis at the time. Okay. And, I mean, he was on the Canadians at one time, too, but that's when I got it. Yeah. And yeah. I've been collecting them basically ever since, and now I do it for professional collecting them and yeah. that. But, yeah. I mean, back to Serge Savard, he's, he's been on our selection committee and on our board, so I've had the yeah. chance to meet him over the years <laughs> as well. Yeah. But, I mean, it was always Serge Savard. I was yeah. number 18 until Joe Perot came, yeah. and then I became yeah. number 11. Okay. Now, I, you don't have to answer this because uh -oh. it might be a, a, a little <laughs> bit of a testy question. Um, every year, hockey fans debate, start, starting usually late May, about who's going in next. Um, this year, into the induction, into yeah. being inducted, yeah. and this year it was a ph phenomenal group. You, you had Mike Medano and and that crew. Now, Rob Blake as well. He, he also comes to mind. Yeah. Forsberg, Forsberg, yeah, yeah. Asik. and Hashin. Yeah. And uh, who do you think's overlooked? If you could, if wow. you could be on the the Inside. collect committee for one m minute, who would you advocate for? You know what I mean. To be honest, I'd love. First of all, I'd love to be in that meeting when it's yeah. all going on to see what happens in there. Exactly. Because it, it is all. Every sport has a different way to do it, and I think hockey's is very unique as well. And the fans can be part of it. Yeah. But you look back over the years, there's been some great hockey players that have never been part of it. Being in the hall is the greatest of the greatest. Yeah. yeah. I always think back to guy, a guy like Lauren Chabot. And you know what? I'm in 100% agreement. Because, uh, but it, the, pro the I think the problem maybe from the selection committee's point of view is that they never saw him play. And, and like you and I never saw him play. Yeah. So we, we read, yeah. we follow along. You can yeah. see some video. He was supposed to be unbelievable. Yeah. That's what we know. Yeah, I yeah. think one thing that, you know, the speculation that held him back was maybe his personality. And, and maybe it didn't mesh with a lot of the guys who were who were voting on on time. who to induct, you know, throughout the 40s, 50s, 60s. And maybe because I mean, you look back at like Butcher Jackson's case, where Con, where Con Smythe was very yeah. adamant <laughs> about not wanting Butcher Jackson to go in, who was a deserving member for his accomplishments on the ice, and eventually did get in, and deservedly so. Um, but you know. Do you think maybe it's time to bring back the Veterans Selection Committee? Well, you know what? I mean, I think the Veterans Committee was a great thing. They've done it in a lot of the sports. Yeah. Uh, would they be bringing in a lot of guys that shouldn't be in that are on the bubble, or would they get those guys? That That's something yeah. I don't know if you and I can answer there. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think on we the could. Selection Committee, like I said, I'd have top. I'd love to be in there every year and see. Yeah. The guys that are on it, I admire every guy that's in that selection committee. I mean, yep. we got some younger guys now, Luke Robertine, I've talked to Mike Gartner. Those guys yep. are, I mean, you look at their stats, you look at what they do in hockey. Yep. Deservingly so, the guys they pick, hey, it's hard to argue with. Exactly. Well, I, you know, but if I if I could do, make one, you know, just one wish decision for the yeah. Hall of Fame, it would be bringing back that Veterans Committee. I don't know. I'm going to pose it for you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, Phil, I just want to say it's been a tremendous uh, pleasure having you on the show. Like I said, you are a hero in my mind, and I can't wait to see you hopefully give the cup to the Sharks this upcoming season. Uh, so let's let's hope, wish, and pray that we can see that happen. Patty Marlowe, Jumbo Thornton up there. Yeah. So. Uh, all I can do is give it to the winners, yeah. wherever that may be. <laughs> all I got to say is just say, hey, Dustin Brown, please don't hurt Thomas Hurdle ever again, because that really hurt my heart, okay?
Phil, thanks so much for coming hey, on. guys, as always, it's yeah. a love, coming on. love talking hockey. All right, thanks. thanks. All right, so next up on Beckett Radio, we have a, uh, a true listener, Kevin from Michigan. How's it going? Pretty good. So I just got to say, uh, what do you think about Beckett Radio? Um, well, I'm liking it so far. You guys yeah. have been uh, really picking it up, you know, since you guys started a little while back. And, yeah. Um, I like all the different guests that you have, and, um, you know, you do a pretty good job covering the hobby. Well, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. You know, we've been going at it for a couple months, and, you know, we're, we're trying to grow and expand, so we're trying to get everyone here at the National. But let, let's talk about your collection. You said you're, you're a baseball fan. Yes. Well, what's kind of your go-to guy for collecting? Um, Miguel Cabrera, probably number one. Okay. And then um, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. What, I, what's so good about Bryce Harper and his collectability? Oh, I guess, um, well, you know, there's, he's, I guess there's still the question mark stuff about him, but, you know, I like his passion for the game. It's kind uh-huh. of old school way of playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I remember seeing his first game um, on television when he gets hit by a pitch, yeah. and then he uh, steals second. Yeah. You know, Wild Pitts gets him to third, and then he steals home, and that's the way he does it. You know, he's not, Definitely. you know, he, he lets us play do what he what yeah. he, you know what he wants so you know we got upper deck tops panini i mean all the card companies here what, what's kind of your favorite product well with baseball um you know you, you end up going with tops of more course. than anything i mean yeah. i like the the panini the downer stuff that they just came out with yeah and i look at some of the other things but you know tops is kind of you know i mean they've got the exclusive but they're, they're kind of the exactly. baseball thing so if you're a baseball fan that's pretty much yeah. it yeah and how long have you been collecting well i started collecting when i was a kid but i just kind of got back into it the last year and a half or so oh, okay cool yeah. now what was your favorite player growing up um reggie jackson yeah uh ricky henderson okay cool yep did you play baseball as a kid and that's yeah. kind of how yeah. yeah all the way through yeah. high school anyway yep well what what would you like beckett radio to do in the future like who to who to interview like who's that guy that you would love to hear on the radio um as far as like uh sports figure or yeah, just players uh, card yeah people? that's something you guys haven't gotten into yet maybe that's something you're thinking about but definitely um yeah i mean obviously if you know, you talk to Bryce Harper or somebody, that'd be pretty cool. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that would but be yeah, really definitely cool. some uh, more, you know, base, you know, baseball or just sports celebrity type people, you know, yeah. players. Yeah, that, that's something that we're really talking to them to do. about collecting and yeah. what, what they think about it or if they do it and that exactly. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that I really would like to start doing, you know, because you always see players and you see them play and you don't really see much of, you know, if they collect or anything like that. So to see that different side, that would be awesome. But, well, Kevin, I know you're busy walking around. What do you think about the National so far? This is my second one. I went to Chicago last year, and, um, you know, it's the greatest card show around. I mean, there's lots of things you can do here. Um, You know, you can go the whole corporate way, or you can just look at all the cards that you probably can't afford. Uh, (laughs) And some that you can, you know? (laughs) And all the memorabilia, too. Exactly. Uh, so I guess what's what's the best booth so far here at the National this year? Well, we just got our pictures for the 89 Tops card that we were at the Upper Deck booth okay. you know, for free. Yeah. Which that's a, we've only been here since 10 when it opened up, but okay. um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, so we got our little cards there. That's Definitely. we got we got three one ones. You know, so. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So you can sell it on eBay for oh, a lot yeah, of money. It's worth you know. a lot. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, Kevin, we appreciate you coming on, and thanks for listening to Becker Radio. And uh, yeah, have a good. All right, so we have a special interview here for you guys out there. Christine and Chris from Tops Company is right here in Becca Radio. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. How are you doing? <laughs> pretty good. Fantastic. Pretty fired up. Yeah, so let's uh, let's first start talking about Tops Minis, okay? It's uh, a sneak peek. It goes live on the 6th. 
Uh, it's a huge hit. We just did a bunch of pack wars, some great autographs, printing plates, all that good stuff. What can we expect when it goes live? People are pulling some good things so far throughout the show. You get one relic or autograph in every box. Uh, we've heard people pulling a Jeter relic, some printing press plates, and uh, Matt Williams auto I heard before. So yeah. some, some interesting good things, yeah. you know, well before the actual product streets. And uh, it's, the, you know, it's the one main thing that's moving over at the Topps booth, and mm. people are excited to see it. Why, why is uh, Topps Mini so popular? Why, or why do you think it will be popular? Um, we sell the minis exclusively on our website and, and here at the National. It's not sold anywhere else, um, not in hobby stores, not a retail product. So, um, you know, we bring it once a year to the show, and it's pretty much exclusive to us, so it's cool. Cool. So what do you guys think about the National Convention so far? It's always a great yeah. great showing for you know people that are interested in all different types of sports collectibles. It's not just cards. Exactly. I'm a bobblehead freak and enthusiast, <laughs> so I'm looking for that specific item. Yeah. You know, and, and there's just so much here. Yeah. So it, the volume of tables and the volume of people selling items and dealing and trading is tremendous. It's always a great event. Yeah, and I was looking at one of these booths, and they had like vintage, vintage bobbleheads and collections of, of sports teams, all that good stuff. But and they're worth a lot of money. They you know, are. I, I would have never expected, you know, bobbleheads to be that much. Yeah, you the know? one booth that you're probably talking about, they're like 150 to 450 yeah. each. I, you know, I called my wife and told her, sorry, you know, the mortgage, <laughs> the mortgage is gonna have to wait this month. Yeah, exactly. I, I need some bobbleheads to buy, you know. But yeah, what, what's kind of the go-to booth other than tops? Um, here, I, you know, you got a lot of oddball things. I saw a soccer collection. I'm a big soccer guy. By the way, your tops EPL set. Uh, you know what you do with soccer is incredible. I just want to put that in there. Well, we appreciate but, it. But uh, you know what? What are kind of the oddball things that you guys like to go around and, and check out here? Besides the bobbleheads, which literally yeah. it's not. It's not like such a specialty item here where there's so much of it. So I'm looking yeah. for, you know, one or two items at tables that maybe you're just not going to see anywhere else in the country whenever yeah. I'm, you know, out and about. And then I'm looking for, uh, I always look at the autograph list, the people that are actually come in here to sign. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm from Long Island, so, you know, the fact that Jim Brown and Dr. J are here, Long Island natives like myself, yeah. uh, that meant something to me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as far as other little items, I like to see equipment, jerseys, uh, helmets. I'm a yeah. big helmet guy, so... Uh, and again, you can't really see so much of it in such a concentrated area exactly. besides this show. Exactly. This is my first national, so I'm, I'm kind of taking aback, you know, kind of taking everything in. You know, yesterday was my first day, so I literally had to just sit here, just kind of take it in, just enjoy it, and but get to work. But let's talk about Topps Bunt. So this is a really cool product, and I definitely need to check it out more. So why don't you explain a little about Topps Bunt? Absolutely. It's an application for iOS and Android devices. It mirrors together the, uh, the idea of digital trading card collecting and fantasy sports. Okay. So you, you have the nostalgia of collecting cards, and those cards eventually earn points based on how players do and perform in real life. Okay. And it's doing very well. You know, it's one of the, the top uh, apps in North America in terms of grossing and downloads and, yeah. in a sports category and the overall categories. People are gravitating towards it. Yeah. They love it. They're opening up a pack of cards. They're looking at them. They're looking at the back. They're looking mm -hmm. at the stats. You know, it has up-to-date stats based on what players did today, yeah. you know, a minute ago, not yeah. just last season. Exactly. Uh, and then they're trading them. And then yeah. they're, they're earning awards. They're starting conversations about baseball, about players, and about why they need what they need. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But, yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, something that I'm really interested in is the sabermetrics. You know, uh, and you guys started putting that on your products. What do you think about sabermetrics, and is that kind of the future of the card back in the hobby? 
well, everything's getting more and more analytical and data-driven. Yeah. And to the point where, as I'm saying, our, our cards and Bunt and Huddle and Kick are the two apps. Yeah. The stats are real-time. Real-time valuations based on how players are performing right now. And that's just a product of how our 24-7 media cycle works by combining the analytical databases of these different stat feeds. Mm -hmm. And so, sabermetrics aside, just all stat, stat categories, you know, from yeah. home runs and RBIs to more specific things like your your wars and yeah, yeah. wins above replacement type stats. Definitely. People want it, they want it now, they want it in their face, and then they want to talk about it. Because mm -hmm. all these little types of statistical information and data points, mm -hmm. it leads to conversation. And people yeah. love to talk about numbers in baseball. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's it's just crazy to think that's where it's probably going in the hobby. And But it's cool, you know, some people are kind of, they're a little standoffish because you got the traditionalists out there, they just want the batting averages, the home runs. But you gotta you gotta do a little bit more, you know. It's it's 2014. But uh, all right, so a couple more questions. What do you guys think about the Ferris wheel? It's, uh, I didn't expect I it when yeah. I walked in. I was not expecting a giant Ferris <laughs> yeah. wheel. Yeah, we we were thinking about doing a, a a box buster episode on the Ferris wheel. I don't know if it can be done, but we're gonna try it. So anything you know. to draw crowds, right? Yeah. I mean, whatever you gotta do. <laughs> so, Let me know. I'll take pictures. Yeah. All right. Uh, what what's in the near future for Tops? Well, what's kind of the big plan? Well, from, from a digital perspective, from our apps group, uh, continuing to progress with, with our business models of making Tops Kick our soccer app, and you mm -hmm. said you're a soccer fan. Yeah. Last year, it was just the uh, Barclays Premier League. Mm -hmm. This year, we're including Major League Soccer and the Bundesliga, nice. and hopefully some other major clubs and individual leagues around the world. Yeah. So we're you know basically tripling the amount of players, leagues, languages in the app. It's going to be available in Spanish and German as well as English. Oh, nice. Uh, so that's just completely making that portfolio bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, and also exp expanding on our Tops Huddle app, which is our football app, okay. similar to, to Tops Bunt. Yeah. Uh, and then continuing to see and analyze our business models and see what other sports work, what other entertainment properties can fit into mm -hmm. it, because digital trading card collecting uh, is is big, and it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And uh, you know we're only seeing the beginnings of something really special here. Well, you know, I, it's only been a few minutes. I already like you guys. So whenever you want to call, I know you all are in New York. Uh, so ever, whenever you want to call and have some fun on the radio show, definitely check us out. We'll get you on. Well, I appreciate so, it. Yeah, we appreciate you guys coming in. And so next up, we have a special guest, Mr. Leon Lucky, www.net54baseball.com. How are you today, sir? Derek, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm great. And first off, I just want to say we talked yesterday went by your booth. I am not the biggest vintage guy, uh, but it amazes me because I'm a history buff. Okay. And your collection is outstanding. Well, thank you. Like, out of this world. You know, Andy was literally talking about every card, how it's important to the hobby, what it means to the hobby, and so it makes me want to learn. Sure. <laughs> you know? No, absolutely. So your collection is awesome. Thank you. So let's talk about what you do. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. Sure. Ahead. So I'm a type card collector. I try to have one from each set uh, manufactured from 1900 mm -hmm. to 1949. Okay. Uh, there's something called the American Card Catalog that put numbers to the sets. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I go by. And I, my goal is to have one from every set and then also to have one different back from each set. Nice. So that's what I do. Okay, cool. And we also have Andy Broom on the show. Everyone knows Andy. What's up, Andy? Hello. So um, let's talk about what is your most favorite vintage card that's not a T206. All right. Well, it's probably my T231 fan cigarette. Okay. Uh, there are uh, two cards known and one picture of one from the whole set. Okay. So 
it's pretty difficult to get one if you don't have one. Yeah. Okay. So probably the rarest card I have, and it is by definition the rarest catalog baseball card. Yeah. What about you, Andy? What's your favorite card? Oh man, that, that that's a tough that, one. Yeah, it's extremely I mean, hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as pre-war baseball, yeah. you know, I'm a big T206 guy. I love T206. But I said no T206. I know. That's what makes it hard. Come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I got you. Yeah, you know, I like the the, the Colgan's chips. Yeah. Um, it's just because some of the players are unique. It's yeah. different. So that's one of the sets I kind of peck away at every once in a while. And then, and then of course, there's my vintage Japanese that I'm big on here. Yeah. So those are some <laughs> of my favorites, I guess. Yeah. So let's go over uh, to vintage versus modern. Okay. Now, uh, how how could you persuade a modern car collector to start collecting vintage cards if they don't? Well, you know, if they love the history of baseball, then they're going to be interested in Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and, you know, Mickey Mantle's a little newer than I collect, but still vintage. Yeah. Uh, you know, you talk about possibly retaining value. Yeah. And it seems that the vintage cards, the older ones, have retained value quite a bit better than the new ones. Yeah. Uh, so if you love baseball, you love collecting, uh, you like money, yeah. uh, then vintage might be a good spot for you. Now, what about you, Andy? What, what do you think? Vintage versus modern. Why should uh, the modern collector uh, not respect vintage, but why should they uh, Why should they go over to vintage collecting? Well, you know, I think it's twofold. Uh, as far as the collector and, and, and the history buff and, and, you know, baseball lover, you know, vintage is just so much there. You know, every card seems like it has a story when you're looking at pre-war, you know, yeah. and, and the development of the set and how it's issued and the players and how they relate to the history of baseball. There's just so much there, and especially if you're a modern guy and you haven't ever gotten into vintage, you know, once you start getting into it and, and, and seeing the stories and, and the history behind the cards and, you know, some of the mysteries and short prints, it, it's, it's really fascinating. But, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, a lot of modern guys are in this because of, uh, you know, investing, they're dealers, they're selling, you know. Right. And as far as retaining value, I mean, you can look at historical sales figures and, you know, there's no comparison. As a whole, vintage not only holds its value, but it, it, good pre-war, hard to get, high grade, that type of thing has only increased in value. Yeah. You know, there's no question on yeah. that. Let, let's go over to the card companies. They've, they've started to put a lot of more vintage-style cards in their newer products. What, what do you think, has it helped the vintage market? Uh, as far as getting new people in that, I guess, industry? A absolutely. Yeah. No doubt that the designs that have come out in the last several years that replicate the vintage designs has helped the vintage hobby. People see the Gypsy Queens. They see the T206 lookalikes. Yeah. They see the different, uh, you know, eras of cards, and they get interested in them. And then they get look back and they say, hey, you know, this looks great and it's got Ty Cobb on it too, it might be a little more expensive, but there's a great chance, historically speaking, that it's going to retain its value. Yeah. So those new cards that have those designs really get the younger collectors interested in vintage, yeah. and then they might happen upon net54baseball.com, and then they get into uh, the camaraderie that there is. Yeah. And it's just, it's really a lot of fun in the hobby. and. Yeah. We really uh, appreciate all the younger kids coming in, and we treat them right. You know, we hope they come back to vintage because it's so much fun. Yeah. So uh, we, I, I think that those old designs on the new cards are fantastic. Definitely. Now, uh, 
we're all at the National, obviously. Uh, what do you think about the National so far here in Cleveland? Fantastic. Yeah. So have had a great time. Perfect. Seen hundreds of friends that I've known, bought some cards, sold some cards, add, added one to my collection today. So I'm ecstatic about that. I was a little concerned for a while. Yeah. I'm a little bit advanced in what I do. So little concern that I might not find something this year. Yeah. Well, and, and by the way, for those who don't know, for Leon to add a card to his collection is a monumental feat. Really? Because there's not much out there he doesn't already yeah. have. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I've been doing it a while, and I'm sort of addicted. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of the way it goes. Right. Well, well, let's talk about this card. I was going to ask you any cool cards you've come across uh, this weekend, and you brought it to us today. What? Give us a little backstory on it. Sure. So this is a W five seventeen card. Uh, believe it was made in the late twenties. Yes. Uh, and uh, this one is of Babe Ruth. And even though it's trimmed on all four all four sides, it's got a really neat back stamp on it. And I also collect the backs of the cards. So that's what makes this one really special. I've never seen another like it. Yeah. I doubt Andy has. No, I haven't. Uh, and so, you know, I'm pretty darn excited about it. Yeah, you know, that's that's something that's really cool. Because uh, you brought up the, there was a card in your collection that had seven different type right. st stamps on the back or something. Right. That And that's unheard of. Yes. the the It's a T206. Yeah. It's got seven different stamps on the back of it, including a ghost image of Cy Young. Yeah. So it's got four, uh, four different manufacturer stamps and parts of three different players. Mm. Uh, the most other one known is probably four mm. stamps, yeah. maybe five at the most. And it's one of the hottest things in co collecting today. Yeah. So it's really a special card. Definitely. So, uh, well, Leon, we, we appreciate you coming on the show www.net54baseball.com that's where you can get all your pre-war baseball stuff and I guess post-war there's some cool stuff on Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So you know what just go it's it's an awesome site. Yeah there's so even memorabilia uh, part of the forum and, and there's a link to non-sport there's really a lot there don't don't even if you're not a pre-war collector, it's worth checking out because there's really a lot more there than just pre-war. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Andy and Derek. Yeah, we do have more than just pre-war. We do have a post-war side of the board. We have memorabilia. We have a good autograph section. People come and ask questions on autographs. We've saved people thousands and thousands of dollars by having them not buy fake stuff. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate the plug, guys. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks for coming on the show, and you have a good one. All right, so let's let's bring in Chris Olds. Chris Olds is wandering around my uh, my station here, annoying me persistently, and he yep. won't go away. And yep. he wants me to introduce him. So here is the legendary Chris Olds. Legend in my mind. <laughs> with Beckett Media. What's up, Chris? Not much. I'm here with a hobby superstar. A hobby superstar? Hobby superstar. Really? Yes, really. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, hobby superstar, how are you? <laughs> no, it, Richard Hardy is a Cheddar Up regular okay. back in the day when I was doing that. So it's coming back. All right. He is a at the National for the first time with yeah. his mother. And uh, this guy's a prolific one. He's doing box, pack wars with me and dominating me at every turn. I'm over like 12. Good. Keep it up. <laughs> He's buying wax boxes and getting like $900 in return for 63 bucks <laughs> right. out of base tops cards. <laughs> All right. He's on a roll. And yeah. uh, I figured we'd get him the proper spotlight that he deserves as an emerging hobby legend. But, uh, you know, um, I was curious whether we could just discuss his 
experience at the National so far on the third or fourth day, whatever day it is. Yeah, this is the fourth day. Since I yeah. talked to him on the first day. Okay, yeah. So, Oh, and he's also a, a apparently a guest star in a future episode of The Breaks, a viral video All right. series. Well, I'll we be, can get the scoop of, out yeah, of him. Let, well, oh, first, geez. let's start off with The National. What do you think about The National so far? I love it. Yeah? It, it's amazing. It's huge here. There's a lot of great people, and... Everybody's just opening arms to welcome us. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's what's a, this is my first national. So, uh, you know, I go around and talk to guys and, you know, we're all in it for the same reason. You know, yeah. to have fun. It's all about cards, memorabilia, sports, whatever. Yeah. But Richard Hardy, what was the funnest? Sorry, <laughs> I had to do this. I'm putting him on the spot. What? Okay, what was the funnest? I also, funnest, most fun, yes. There you go. I, yeah. I actually I wasn't sure if I said his name. So, Richard Hardy. Rich. <laughs> Say what? Tell me what's the most fun. Okay. I thought I messed up. No, there you go. Overall, so far, what's been at the, the national? most interesting, most fun thing? Now, and then I'll stop. Being okay. Good. Break in. Honestly, yeah. I don't know. Good. I would say meeting Jim Kelly. How'd you, what happened? Oh, oh you yeah, got his autographs. Yeah, uh, I was getting Tell me. Uh, signatures for Buddy. He bought the mm. tickets. I was waiting in the lines for him. You did all the work then. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have an Austin Meadows autograph getting in return, so. Pirates fan, I get yep, it. Yep, uh, okay. yep, Or as you like to say, P-Rats, but, you know. <laughs> hey, I put him on the cover for the first time in your life, yeah, so, hey, I mean, I'm happy what are you with complaining that. about? I mean, well-deserved, though. He's like, know? what, 16, 15? 17. I don't Come know on. these things. 17. <laughs> and there had not been a Beckett uh, with a Pirates player on the cover in his entire life until really? last fall. Okay. 22 McCut years. McCut yeah, I mean, the guy... He's all right. He's the biggest Pirates you know. fan I've ever heard from from yeah. Twitter. And that's like the biggest one of the yeah. bunch. It's like a bunch of two or three at the most. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're big time. Yeah. Okay. I'm, now I'm done. You can, okay. You're done? You Are you sure? Up, well, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the dynamite drop in, but, you know, <laughs> well, it's, it's all you. Okay. Well, Mr. Hardy, let's, let's talk about your most favorite booth. Other mm. than Beckett Media, the funner one, funnest, funnest yeah. one. No. <laughs> well, obviously Beckett comes first. That's, of course, that's not, your dynamite not Beckett, drop in. but Beckett Radio. We we got this tremendous, of course, two inch by seven inch table here. <laughs> All it's my stuff. Steep. It's pretty tiny, but you know we we do it big here. So I, I mean, <laughs> we got Panini Upper Deck. Leaf has a massive booth. You know what's what's kind of been the most fun booth? Check out. I don't like to play favorites. Okay. But you're putting me on the spot, yeah. and I have to. You have to. I've been at Tops a few different times, okay. and that that sounds like a yeah. shocker, but i got to pick Tops. Okay. Everybody's what? being friendly. Everybody's yeah. just talking to the fans. Yeah. Tops doesn't get enough credit, and <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I know. It's funny. Yeah. And I said it on Twitter, and <laughs> a few of my followers were beating me up yeah, over it. Getting at you. Audience. But it, it yeah. needs it. <laughs> <laughs> well... What about, uh, I mean, what, what about the Ferris wheel? Are you thinking about going on the Ferris wheel soon? I already did. You already did. How was it? It, it was good. There's yeah. a live box break that <laughs> happened. Okay. I, I filmed it for Buddy, the one that I got the Man, Bills Our thunder's for. already been taken. Yeah, we yeah, were talking yeah. about doing a, a break on there and having a little GoPro cam on it, on his hat, you know. We, we were thinking about that would be the new idea. No, but we I, don't need Chris crying on film like that. I'm sorry. I'm afraid of heights. Yeah, really? there you go. Now, pack, he's beating me on Pack Wars. He's thinking Pack Wars. I'm not playing Pack Wars again. No. <laughs> you've, you've retired? I'm retired with a zero batting well, average. Well, it's smart oh. that you do that because I just hit three more one-on-ones in the past day and a half. Okay, Mr. Cooperstown. <laughs> 
All right. So th- is this your first national? Yes. Okay. Yes. So are you going to the next national next year? What, what's your plan on that? Honestly, my mom and I are talking about that. Oh, okay. Chicago, I'm 2015. Trying. Well, she doesn't like Chicago. Uh, Not a Bulls okay. fan? She doesn't like anything Chicago. Yeah. Not even the deep dish pizza? No. Well, that's no. pretty. That's all right. Yeah, she's okay, thinking well, about she's, it. she's on the edge. <laughs> Good thing I'm here. <laughs> we'll get Stat Boy back next time. He's Stat Boy. Stat yes. Boy? He has yes. a nickname, Stat Boy. I forgot to mention that. Why, why are you called Stat Boy? Because I'm the best there is at Chatter Up. I keep track of everything. Oh. This guy's like a pro wrestler. Really? <laughs> Something. He's like touting himself. Well, you know? you're the editor. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean much. Put the deadline on everyone. Yeah. True. Yeah. You're, True. You're the GM. True. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the Vince McMahon because no one, everyone's afraid of you, you know, and, and we right. kind of respect afraid you. Afraid of no. him? No. no. Come no. on. He's like a teddy bear. Oh, he couldn't no. do anything. You, you should see him behind the I, scenes you, you, at Beckett offices. He has sold. Oh, I've got this guy sold pretty well. I, I like this. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea. This guy. <laughs> stat Boy keeps track of it used to keep track of my stats for uh, yeah. the okay. evening. Don't so, ask me why. And whenever it happens hobby. to come yeah. back to Twitter... And I gotta do that too. Favorites, <laughs> retweets, responses. Right. I'm ready. You I know what's up. You could be the Stat Boy helper on radio, possibly. I'm just getting a gigger. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. All we all we have to know is how many people listen. That's it. So. Well, there's gonna be more now with Stat Boy. <laughs> okay. Hobby, <laughs> emerging the hobby superstar of, of radio. We're getting yeah. a whole two two new viewers because it, of me. <laughs> sure. Hey man, I will take well, those you and two your mom <laughs> viewers, yeah. and I will take it Run with gladly. It. You know. All right. So let like you said, tops. Yeah. You're a big fan. Yeah. Favorite Topps product, other than Bowman. Well, which is on his hat. Which is uh, yeah. Now, you see, I I actually don't like Bowman a lot. I don't do a lot with prospects. This this is brought just to you by. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, no prospects. Uh, I'm I'm liking Topps Mini. Okay. It's it's fun to have, the, and I know it sounds stupid. It's almost like a gimmick because no. it's just. Smaller cards, yeah, and same exact checklist, yeah. but it's greater odds. <laughs> it's I pulled a one-on-one printing. We're plate doing from it a today. quick pack wars. One pack We're ready of tops mini since I had right, already. Quick, quick pack Derek, war. Pick, uh, pick a category. I will pick a category. Uh, let's see. Uh, San Francisco Giants. Most uh, Giants. Most, or most giants, giants in the pack. Oh, I got one on the we got top. Got one. Watch Chris out. Olds. What do we got? that he's beating me. Oh, oh, my goodness. Cooperstown may not come so easy for this Hang guy. On. I just no, no, won. No, no, no. Two more packs each. No, it's, it's the radio. No, no. <laughs> oh, you can't All do right. this. Oh, okay. Let, let's I'm, see. I'm fourth quarter winner. The, winner. Okay. the past two times I've beat him, yeah. third pack always wins it all. Uh, okay. okay. Next round. Next round. Let's do... Uh, should I go with teams, or can I do, like... How about, like... Best value card. How about this? The lowest numbered card. There you go. Lowest number. Okay. Lowest number. That's pretty easy. Do you mean in the set or parallel? Because I just Any did number. a pink. Any card number. This Car- is like a preview of the the stage net later here. Ah. Although this is going to be tape delayed. Yeah, of course. Now, I'm hoping that I win this because I just hit a He's, pirate. He, he lost. He tried to turn it into two rounds, so now he has to try to win again. I have 55. <laughs> 55. He wins, so now we're tied. Yes. Okay. So now we got to go third round. Go third I, round. I, gotta you know, I didn't mean for it round. to go three rounds. It, it's fine. I have to win this. We're so failing. I'm thinking most parallels. What if there's none? Now those are tough. Okay. Let's. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's go. Let's go pirates. 
Okay. Like Most it. pirates. You're going to lose with your team. Yeah. Uh -huh. With your team, it's going to make it's a great right justice. Now. There's a Giants guy I saw. Now I wish that it was Cardinals because I'm <laughs> hitting them left and right. All right, you have to pick a second team. Oh. Okay. O for O. Uh, Same pack, though. Yeah. We'll, do, uh, we'll do Oakland A's. This is invigorating radio right now. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. No A's. No A's? Okay. What about Yankees? I have a Yankee. He's going to lose. Oh, One God. Yankee. And oh. it's a New York Yankees player who played for the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Oh, God. So now I win all the cards. Look at that. He's no longer undefeated in pack wars. Oh, this is. I, and Cooperstown is in question. You know, I, I'm glad this is a Beckett Radio first that this just happened. It's undefeated no more. I, I'm sorry. History. I, I want to challenge the ruling. Challenge the ruling. We need to test him for PEDs. <laughs> I don't trust Chris you, Holtz. Yeah, those those thumbs and, and those pack ripping skills. He, he's ripping too very, fast. Yeah, I don't trust him. Very enhanced. Typical. He, the Pirates fan. You know, wants oh. drug testing with, you know, Ouch. the legacy of Barry Bonds. He's going there. Hey, man, watch it, because I'm a Giants fan, and that's my boy. <laughs> oh, so, right. in other words, PEDs or no you, PEDs. You have just decided that I lose again, so I'm handing the pack of oh, there stack it is. of cards oh. to Boom. Stat Boy. There it goes. Now this is why Beckett is the best. Hey. Come Let's on. Yeah. That segment wasn't, wasn't a failure. <laughs> Chris Olds being the man over here. No, I don't so, know about that. The well, myth of legend, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rich, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Ho Thank hopefully you for you'll check out more Becca Radio, and hopefully Chris oh, Olds okay. hasn't uh, annoyed you too much. He likes it. Really? That's the scary part. That's scary. I, I, I have to get away from him in the <laughs> office. It, it's bad because he'll talk your ear off. Oh, but, I know this. Oh, you do know this? Yeah. Okay. As long as, as long as I, you I know have and you're a little blood up. coming right now, <laughs> that, but that's you know. right, chatter up. Okay, well, thanks <laughs> this for might be your next co-host. Hey, that would be cool because I mean I need someone he brings who, the energy. Yeah, brings the energy, knows what he's talking about. You never know. Some days. Yeah, yeah that's because I remembered to drink caffeine. You you always I forget. forget. He, yeah, I do. Chris Olds is getting old. The name says it all. <laughs> all right, well, thanks for coming on the show. No all right, next up, we have a really awesome interview. Uh, Kelsey with ESPN, Mint Condition. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. I don't know if I'd categorize this as an awesome interview. i got to think you guys get some better guests on here uh, than I, me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of ESPN, so you guys do awesome work with Mint Condition. Thank you uh, so much. And Andy Broom. The, the the guy who just lurks around my my uh, I just yeah I pop up from yeah he just time to time yeah here. so what's up Andy and not much but I would classify this as awesome I mean they I have agree. me on here so it can't be that good <laughs> wow yeah but you're making the show here I mean come on I'm not adding much to this so uh, let, let's just start off what what's it like to work for ESPN. I mean, it's great. I've been a sports fan since I was about 10 years old, a bit of a comic guy before that. So, I mean, it's being a sports fan, also being a jerk, you know, communications major. Yeah. Not many other places that'll kind of lend itself to both of those and give you a chance to really engage. But I say this, too, in all fairness, and I think you guys can attest. I remember, I remember when I was a kid, I would read Beckett's. <laughs> I'd see the card reviews and be like, that's got to be awesome. You get to open boxes, you get the right reviews. <laughs> And the thing is now, like, kind of doing the similar thing, mm -hmm. now you realize that I've, I've talked to actually Chris Olds about this. I've known Chris yeah. since we started doing the show. Oh, okay, nice. And now you kind of realize, though, yeah, you see all that great stuff. You see a finalized magazine, or with our case, you see a finalized show. Yeah. But you don't see everything that went into that. You don't see deadlines. You don't see trying to book these guests. You don't see staying till 2 or 3 in the morning exactly. just to turn around and come back at 9 in the morning. <laughs> and even ESPN. ESPN's a great place to work. You meet a lot of cool people. You work with a lot of cool people. You get the satisfaction, and your work gets seen by hundreds upon thousands, even millions of people. Mm -hmm. 
But I say it's like any other job. It's got its upsides and its downsides. You know, I work weekends, I work holidays, I work nights. And my wife's a teacher. Other times we barely see each other. Yeah. You do a lot of stuff you don't want to do. But again, it's just like any other job. But in that same vein, I mean, not many other places you can walk around and you see Jerome Bettis walking around, or you see. <laughs> I mean, I remember one time I was giving a guy a tour after we had done a show. Yeah. I poke around and say, "Hey, there's Hugh Jackman right there. Hugh Jackman was in promoting the new X-Men movie <laughs> that day." I mean. It, it's a cool place to work. I mean, you see a lot of cool things. I mean, it is, and the thing that shocks people is just how big ESPN actually is. I mean, it really is the size of about a medium college campus. It's like yeah. bigger than my college campus was. <laughs> and it's just people, that's one thing people are surprised by is how big it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I had yeah. no idea. I I, uh, I would love to go and check it out. I don't know if ESPN does tours. Oh, or we anything. do do tours, yeah. actually. You can come check it out. I mean, I, that's usually what we do when people come and do shows, like, you know, especially if they're from Tops or whoever comes in. We'll say, hey, if you've never seen it before, let's get you guys around. You can see it around yeah. a little bit. It's, it's a cool thing to see. Now, who's your favorite sports center broadcaster? you got to have one. Honestly, not really. I mean, I've had some guys. I, I used to get the work of Lomas Brown, the ex-Lions lineman. Yeah. I did a lot of NFL content of him, and I was a really big fan of his growing up, so that was really, really cool. You get to meet mm. these guys and work with them. As far as the SC anchors, I mean, a lot of them have been very nice, but I don't work with them a lot, though, because I'm yeah. not on the TV side of things. Gotcha. I'm on the digital side of things. Uh-huh. I mean, I said, I've got the chance to talk with Berman a little bit here and there, but these guys, I mean, one thing you have to keep in mind, too, is these guys are there to work, too. So of it's, course. I mean, same thing with the athletes. Those guys are there to work. You really can't bother them that much. And you have to, one thing being a fan is a little hard. I've, I've got buddies of mine who are big autographers like I am, and they're like, oh, that's got to be rough. I can never work at ESPN because <laughs> you don't want to ask these guys all the time. And it's like, yeah, it's true, but I mean, you got again, it's your job. There aren't. There's no autograph that's worth losing your job over. Yeah, exactly. Right. Unless Babe Ruth comes back to life and he's willing to sign autographs. That's a different story <laughs> yeah, that, there. That's a totally different story. Uh, so let's talk about your collection. You're a big collector, obviously. And you talked about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, that That's kind of your personal collection. Uh, give us a little insight on that. How? Why exactly are you focusing on that? I think I think a lot of collectors go through this. I mean, you go for your phases of like what you like to collect. Like, you know, at one point I was like collecting rookie cards, then minor league, then memorabilia cards. I think a lot of people, especially when you're just a kid, you don't know anybody. You just kind of collect anything and everything. Yeah. And I don't know about, let's say three, four years ago, I just kind of started zoning. I mean, I'm been collecting Hall of Fame autographs throughout the whole time. You just kind of pick up guys here, and they're never anyone serious. But for some reason, I was like, you know what? I think it'd be kind of a cool thing to try and do. Get all the Hall of Famers. So you start picking up some of the harder guys. Like, I mean. You know, your guys like your Pee Wee Reese's, the guys, I mean, they're not hard to get per se, but it's not like you're, it's not like a guy like maybe like, no offense to him, but someone like Gaylord Perry, you're going to pay five, ten bucks to get a cert of. Yeah. You're going to start going to that 30 and $50 level. And honestly, too, I mean, once you start working, you get a little more disposable income. Exactly. You can actually start getting. I know actually one of my favorite collecting stories for myself personally is when I was hired permanently at ESPN because I had freelance. I was at a card show in Connecticut because surprisingly in Connecticut, there's actually a decent amount of steady card shows per month, like three to four real decent ones. Nice. A buddy of mine that I've become really good friends with now, he had a Mickey Mantle. He had an 11 by 14. It was framed, JSC authenticated. It's Mantle, Muziel, and Williams. It had to be a spring training shop in the late 50s, early 60s. Wow, yeah. wow. And it's signed by Mantle and Muziel, but not Williams. And I'd wanted a Mantle autograph for years. But, you know, you can never afford one when you're in college. I never felt comfortable asking my parents for one. Yeah. And like I said, the only thing that's really wrong with it is it's not signed by Williams. But, again, it would have added probably another 100, 150. But the guy wanted 400 bucks for him, and I said, you know how much you wound up? You know, part of it for a guy for thirty, say three fifty. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll tell you what, I'll do it for you for three hundred if you really want it. And I was like agonizing over it because <laughs> it was the most I had ever spent on anything up to that point. Yeah. And again, the grand scheme of things, I mean, three hundred is not the biggest amount of money. But when you're a young kid like that, you're paying rent and everything else. You're like, sure. should I really do this? But I ended up pulling the trigger on. I got that. I've never regretted it. It's hanging yeah. on the wall. And I'm the kind of guy I'll. I'll I'll angst over spending twenty dollars on something if I think I overpaid on it. <laughs> but like that, I mean, I, bought, I mean, I've been able to buy that. I bought a ball a couple, at twenty the twenty twelve national. Actually, it's got 
Connie Mack on the sweet spot, Jimmy Fox on a side panel, uh, like 11 other guys from that team on it. I've got that. I actually got lucky enough. I'm really big into that 33 Originals, probably the historic release because they've got a lot of the harder-to-get Hall of Famers. I pulled a Rogers Hornsby number to two out of that. Wow. wow. So you're talking, I mean, the cut itself, it's funny because the autograph looks like it was done in colored pencil or crayon, but it looks nice, and Rogers Hornsby getting a nice cut on him is not easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And historic does a nice job because they put those original cards on it. Mm. So it's a nice little kind of presentation because I, I like having the stuff if it's got a guy's face on it. Yeah. I'll buy the cuts of the guys. Like, let's say the later upper deck ones that don't have the face, but the price is right. But I may try going for the ones with the face. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a cool challenge. I'm never going to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> You've got guys like King Kelly or, right. you know, like Eddie Plank. I know guys who have actually been legitimately doing the Hall of Fame collection who have who have been doing it much longer and have more resources at their disposal than I do. Yeah. And even there, I know a guy who's got every an autograph from every Hall of Famer post-1900 debut except for... Ross Young's Eddie Plank and Eddie Jaws. You, you can't wow, find them. Yeah. You just can't find them. It's like the King Kelly. I think King Kelly had that uh, Elks program that came up a couple years ago. Mm. I think that sold for over 100000 because just finding a good King Kelly autograph, finding one in general, never, never mind a good one, I mean, it's darn near impossible. Yeah. You know, what... So this is not your first national. How many nationals have you been? Uh, this is three for us because we started the show back in May of 2012. We okay. got lucky enough that Black Swamp was in 2012. Nice. Huge story made ESPN News. So we were like, let's cover the auction. Yeah. And that's what we did. It was actually the first piece we ever got to Sports Center. We covered the auction that night, got the piece up to Sports Center. So we were at 2012. We were at 2013 last year in Chicago. This is our third one now in Cleveland. Yeah. So what do you think about the Cleveland uh, national so far? Honestly, I like it a little better in Chicago. I mean, it's it's been busy today, I think. Yeah. I mean, I've heard people say some of the ones in the past have been a little more bigger, but I mean, I think it's been a decent size. I think you've seen a nice variety of stuff, a lot of vintage baseball. Yeah. I mean, today's been a pretty lively event. Everyone, you see the crowds at the Panini, the tops, the upper deck booths, people just going nuts. And never mind, I mean, obviously, free stuff helps of pay that out. <laughs> but even so, I mean, you see, the, I think one thing the companies have been smart about is the wrapper redemptions, especially yeah. Panini. And Panini's silver packs, it's a phenomenal redemption on their part. I mean, I mean even like the things Panini does, like the Black Friday packs and stuff, mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of funny because you hear people complain because I know the comic book industry has free comic day. That always go, goes over well. Yeah. And you hear people say, you know, why doesn't the card industry do things like that? I'm like, they do do things. Upper Deck does their free, does a national hockey card day. Yeah. PD does Black Friday. They do the silver packs, which is a basically, I mean, they're, they're not technically, I think hockey card day is a free one. Yeah. Now, technically the silver packs and the Black Friday ones aren't free, but you pay. It's just, it's an extra perk though yeah, for getting exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. It's just kind of funny because like getting a chance to kind of look at the hobby a little more critically now. And you want to tell some people. It's, it's funny because, I mean, I understand the people, some, the criticism some people have because, obviously, car prices are at an all-time high. Of course. And it's rough because if you really think about it critically, the companies like your Paninis and Tops, the ones that have the licenses, Upper Deck 2, mm. they have to pay more and more for these licenses and the player autographs. Mm. And the thing that's a shame for the collectors is that trickles down to them in box prices because it, it's funny because it's almost like people think, like, these guys aren't companies all. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, why they do this, why that. It's like, well... They're a company like anyone else. Like, you know, we are. It's like they've got bottom lines. They've got employees to pay and everything else. It's not like they're just – I remember a, a guy at Tops once told me, you know, if we let collectors run Tops, we'd be bankrupt within a month because they don't <laughs> they don't think like that. It's a shame. I mean, in a way, too, collectors show not to think about because all they really have to think about is what they're buying in front of them and what they see. I mean, they don't have to worry about everything that goes on behind because it's not their deal. Yeah. But to me, that's one of the biggest things of the hobby now is, like, you know, what – and you keep hearing it. They're pricing out the kids. They're pricing out the kids. In all fairness, I think that's a bit exaggerated because I know – even in the late 90s when the stuff was just kind of starting to price up, I mean, there aren't many 15-year-old or teenage kids that are going to be able to buy that stuff anyway. It just stinks that it's more of an emphasis now. I mean, I'd personally like to see things go back to the way they were in the late 90s when you mostly had, like, you know, one hit per box. You know, yeah. SP Authentic was a one autograph per box. Right. But the thing is now Pandora's box has been opened up so much, and the thing is you're going to see more and more products like 
your five stars, your immaculates, your flosses, because they sell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people say, oh, this is too much, too much, but they sell. I mean, I think another thing is, too, you see the products like Heroes of Sport and Super Break. There's, you know, the guys that Will Jermaine and Scott Allen do great jobs, and people complain about the prices, but the thing is, people buy it. Yeah. And I think the thing with that is, I mean, I think, I think one advantage they have is those guys just have to pay the market price on this stuff from year to year. And to, let's say they're buying a Babe roof. That value is more or less established. You know, it's not like it's not like Babe Ruth's going to come back to life and demand an extra, you know, twenty thousand dollars to sign autographs for these guys. It's just going to be whatever it costs you to acquire those assets. Yeah, exactly. But in fairness to them, though, those guys are putting in great stuff. Like I know the guys at SEC have something they pulled. They actually pulled a Hank Aaron game used hat out of a box. <laughs> all right. And that's the thing I think you attract the high rollers because I mean, I mean, all things being equal, except for the rookies, we've basically seen what's out there. We've seen we've seen Willie Mays autographs. We've seen Joe Names, and nothing against those guys. They still have yeah. their value. But there's so much of it out there, and it's, I, mean, I don't know if you guys would agree or not, but basically it's, in 2013, I think 2014 really highlight this. The card industry now is basically living and dying by the rookie classes you're here, and it's a dangerous prospect if you think about because yeah. you have a year like 2013 where football was down considerably, basketball was down considerably, baseball you at least had Yasiel Puig, but even there you didn't have a strong class this year, and 2013 was. It was acknowledged as one of the worst years in recent years, a bad run for both the manufacturers and the retailers. And it's rough in that way because you're basically you're playing the stock market every year. Now, yeah. as bad as 2013 was, 2014 has been phenomenal so far. And you, I mean, we had the National Treasures case break this morning. The excitement there was palpable. As bad as 2013 was, 2014 has been, from all accounts, from everything I've heard, great so far. And none of the and none of the big basketball and football is even out yet. So you imagine once the because you have strong rookie classes in both, especially basketball. You're going to have, I mean, I would, all things being equal, you should have phenomenal years. And even basketball next year, you've got enough guys coming back. You've got the Harrison Twins. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else you have. You've got a couple other big-name rookies. So Panini's got to be, I mean, for Panini, you got to think that worked out nicely for them because you had all those big rookies this year. Exactly. But just based on name value, you've already got at least two or three guys for next year who are going to generate interest. In football, yeah. you theoretically are going to have Jameis Winston coming out next year. If he has another year like this year, that's going to vault him up there too. So yeah, and exa- and uh, speaking of Panini, you know they got their uh, NFL uh, license starting in 2016. What, how do you think that's going to affect Panini as well as Tops? I mean, I'll say it's off the bat, and this is nothing against any of the companies that have exclusives. Yeah, of course. I personally don't care for them because here's the thing: when the exclusives were first announced, baseball being kind of the landmark, the whole thing was you know we think there's going to be too much out there. We think this would help centralize it back. I don't think it's achieved the goal. I mean, you have just as many products out now as you did then, if not more. Yeah. Because, you, I mean, look, you've got the companies like Leaf or even the companies like Upperdeck to do the unlicensed stuff now. It hasn't stopped it. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, like I said, this is nothing against the companies and the no, jobs they do because I think they make great use of their licenses. Yeah, exactly. It's just I don't – I think it hurts the collectors because then you get the unlicensed stuff. Myself, personally – like, let's say I want an autograph of Johnny Manziel. I could personally care less if he's in a Browns uniform in Texas A&M. To me, the companies like Press Pass are incredibly underrated because, like, take their football, for example. I mean, I pulled, in our review boxes, I pulled autographs of Mike Evans, Manziel, I mean, you know, Khalil Mack, yeah. all these high-end guys. And, you know, Press Pass is football for the most part. It's 120 or under. You're getting, like, five, four to six autographs. Yeah. But people don't care about it. And it's all on card, too. Not yeah, stickers, on, on not card. Stickers. Exactly. And they people just kind of, I mean, for the couple months in between when these guys announce and the draft, it's hot because people are trying to get But as soon as the football, the pro stuff comes out, they poo-poo. And I'm like, I don't understand it. Yeah. Like, I can understand the pro stuff carrying a premium. But, like, the Johnny Manziel autographs and stuff, if you really want one, like, what's the difference? I mean, yeah. I understand. I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't. I think Press Pass is underrated to me, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. No, yeah, I'm a big fan of Press Pass. I'm a big fan of on-card autographs and what, you know, their game day gallery was one of my favorite sets. Yeah, you know? they're nice They're nice cards. I mean, Extremely you can, underrated. You can say whatever you want with the logos, but either way, getting back to what you're saying, as far as, I mean, it's a coup for Panini. Football is yeah. the biggest one out there by far. The rookie, exactly. I mean, 
even basketball this year, you've got the best rookie class this year in basketball since the LeBron Wade class. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is what it is. But football year now, it's the top, the top, at least in terms of the speculators, in terms of the guys really pour, guys pouring kind of outside money into it. Football leads the way. The baseball's done very well the last several years, with their, but they've had the rookies to run. But I mean, for tops, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of rough because he's, I mean, there's, they're still going to have baseball. The thing is, you're almost kind of in an upper deck position now where you have one kind of flagship thing. Yeah. Plus the fact is, at least with like the other licenses in the past, maybe they haven't been able to use the logos, but they still have the players. In this case, you don't have the players, so it's kind of yeah. like, what do you do with it? I mean, you, exactly. you're basically have to make kid stickers with the logos at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's rough too. I mean, a lot of, you've heard fan mixed reception because a lot of people like Top 7. Top mm-hmm. puts out good football stuff. They honestly do. Your Bowman's, your Inceptions. I mean, five stars. Yeah. I mean, it's rough in a way because, I mean, Toss is making football cards for, I mean, what, 50, 60 years yeah, at this point? Long time. Yeah, I think everybody remembers the, the Fleer in action cards when uh, Fleer had an NFL but not the Players Association. Mm-hmm. You know, we look back on those and yeah. you know, well, nobody you can, wants those. You can even make the point that Joe name of Topps rookie card, the tall boy rookie card, that's one, of yeah. the most, that's one of the most, if not the most iconic football card out there. I mean, it's, sure. it's arguably the 52 mantle of mm-hmm. football. Not quite the value or the provenance, but that's like the... That's the football that's marquee. Like, that's yeah, almost like the yeah. flagship football card. You know, you say basically you've got... I'm going to throw the Wagner out just because it's the whole year, but like, you know, 52 Topps is mantle. Is, that's the baseball card, the Flair Jordans, the basketball card. Mm-hmm. Hockey, maybe the Gretzky rookie, but not quite the mystique around the other two, but I'd say football, you go with the name of. I mean, yeah. it's... Definitely. It's going to be interesting to see how Tops goes because you figure they'll have obviously baseball. They've got their entertainment industry stuff, so that's the thing they kind of go. Do you kind of just do you just completely rally around baseball and kind of diverge more into the entertainment? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the, yeah. the next five years of the hobby are going to be very, very interesting in terms of like what's going to happen because I mean, I mean, I've been hearing this for years. I'm sure you guys have too. Oh, trading cards are dying out. You know, they're not going to be <laughs> worth anything. I've been hearing that for the last 15, 20 years. I'd argue today that the market is a strong. The aging concept, the whole thing about people aging, that is a worry. But again, the same thing is, as long as you have dads bringing their kids around, as long as you have kids who are want to spend, I mean, the thing is, I mean, if people say kids don't spend, kids don't spend, it's like, yeah, because most kids don't have the money to spend That's just because right. you're, you're a kid. Yeah. And even parents, you know, parents may buy their kids. Like my dad would used to buy me boxes at Christmas, but it's like a once a year thing. You'd give me a exactly. box or two. Most parents, especially the way the economy is, they can't afford to buy a $120 box after a $120 box. It's just the way it is. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, even for what little I've gotten out of the booth and walked around the National. I've noticed more kids this year than than compared to even last year. We know though that's a testament to Mike Burgess and the National that making it twelve and under free. Absolutely, that's, that's one thing Mike's when we first because we usually interview Mike each year for the show to kind of preview what's going on. I mean, this I know this year he's a lot more excited because of the case break pavilion, which is a major dimension. Yeah, but that's one thing he told me like Kelsey, you know, we do twelve and under free every year because chances are, I mean, let's say you're a dad and you're watching your kids and you can't get out of the house, be like, hey, let's come to the thing. And the thing is, it's great for the National way too because you have more kids that might be like, oh, can I get a bag of cards or hey, can I get that card? Yeah. I mean, that's one thing Michelle and I were working on a piece this weekend about LeBron and Manziel, because that's the two biggest things, especially being here. I honestly thought you would see a lot more, like, cheaper LeBron stuff, like, you know, like the toy cars. Like, I figured people just want to try and load it for three to five bucks to get rid of it, because I figured kids would be like, you know, hey, I'd like to have it or I'd like to have it. I didn't see that much this weekend. Yeah. No, it's – but at the same time, I think uh, that the National has been a tremendous success, you know, with, with the kids and just everything. I know? think they broke the attendance record this yeah. week. I know they said they had more pre-sales. I mean, there, exactly. there just was. There seemed like there was more of a buzz around it this mm-hmm. year than last year. I mean, because even it's kind of funny because you look at the autograph pavilion, and they had some big names, but no one – you know, last year you had Clemens. You had some right. – even with the autograph. But some of the lines were huge. I remember I saw the Billy Sims line the first day for the VIPs. That line was – I think it was like three hours long for him. I was wow. like, good lord. I mean, last year Chicago, they didn't really have the autograph buzz like it seemed like yeah. they've had this year. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Well, Kelsey, I, I uh, 
Unfortunately, we ran out of time, but whenever you want to come on the show, we can do phone interviews. We'd love to have you on again, uh, talk to you guys more about trading cards. So uh, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, yeah. I said thanks. Okay, next up on the Beckett Radio Show, we have none other than Mr. Chris Olds of Beckett Media. What's up, dude? None other? None other than I, the masterpiece. I got, I got the none. You got the none? Yeah. So where's the other? I don't know. Okay, well, we do have the none, so... What's Wait, up? Wait, no, what? No, there's no habits, though. No, no. Okay, just it's N-O-N-E. N-O-N-E, not N-U-N. I, got, I bring the nun. Yeah. All yeah. right. So That's my improv for the moment. <laughs> what's up, man? Um, My whole, heart rate. A whole lot it's of nothing? It's busy, and it's, and it's exciting. So, what? I mean, we're at this national convention. It's, it seems like it's a big deal here. It's as big as there is in the hobby. This yeah. is your first. What do you think? I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, really? I'm getting interviewed? I mean, I feel like well, no, I haven't. No, not really. Oh, okay. Go well, ahead. I haven't really touched anything like Me either that's the thing i've been busy yeah so <laughs> i one of these hours i want to just kind of walk around and just enjoy it you'll find stuff you'll never imagine finding yeah i mean you know that's what i like about it the, yeah i think the coolest thing you know just kind of looking around our beckett booth like they have a lot of like trophies and boxing stuff over here so that's kind of yeah, cool yeah. you know just like i don't know cool everything mementos. more than you would expect too exactly what what's kind of the biggest uh, surprise so far at the convention? Hmm, um, surprises. I, you know, not nothing to me personally shocking. Yeah. Um, I, you know, everybody's talking about the Gerbrecht Pavilion being the biggest thing. Yeah. It, I thought it'd be bigger, but okay. I'm not saying it's not big. Yeah. It's a, it's a definitely a new trend that's interesting and and, and out there. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't actually witnessed a lot of it. My other writer is actually doing that story this time but gotcha. uh, you know that's out there that's interesting uh, obviously the marketing machines that are blowout cards doing their daily promotions are pretty fun yeah tops doing pack wars which you know you get the in the in the background if you're recording sometime later it might be you might hear tops 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 <laughs> you know group chanting yeah you know that's different that's fun and they're giving away stuff so you know, I think we're seeing more interactive things that are helping people enjoy the hobby without, you know, breaking the bank. Yeah, yeah. You know, the biggest thing, I mean, but it's still really cool to go around to the vintage dealers and see oh, those yeah. six-figure price tags on oh, a yeah. single card, you know. And this is the place. I window shop because <laughs> that's all I, all I can do. Yeah, you wish and dream, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, 707 Sports Cards every year has a display case full of 52 tops Mickey Mantles that are all graded. Yeah. And you know, I'll never own one. <laughs> but, but there they are. I can yeah. I can take pictures all day exactly. long. Exactly. So, so uh, what do you expect the national to be like next year? I don't. Where is it next year? Is it uh, in, next uh, year? Chicago. Chicago. And then the year after that is Atlantic City, oh. which is very different for the national. Okay. Could be very expensive being a casino town. Yeah. So, so I mean, what do you think? Uh, more booths, more. Uh, Chicago historically, it's there every other year. Okay. So I, people say that it's busier and more. It's a successful location. Yeah. It won't be as spread out as this show is. It, it's a little tighter convention center. I yeah. think this one's this one. I like this one because it's right by the airport, easily accessible. If you're traveling in, traveling out, you can you have more time to be on the floor because yeah. you can get to the airport in five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, the aisles are nice and wide. So today being Saturday, the busiest day of the show. You're not going to have to crawl over people to get to the next table. I've been at Super Bowl shows where you are like it's a subway train yeah. and it's after a game. You're yeah. stuffed and you it's can't nuts. move. Yeah. So Chicago, I don't, and I'm not really Nostradamus. I'm, <laughs> I'm Nostra Olds. Yeah, you're not. Um, you know, I, I, I think a lot, a lot of the traditional stuff you're going to keep seeing. Um, you know, the grip break feeling, will it grow? We'll see. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not being the cynic here, but 
you know, it just it, it depends. It's it's definitely a growing segment of the hobby, so we'll see if it continues to grow. And it, you know, that's it's a tough business, just like a lot of other places are too. They're they're working their angles to to get people to enjoy the hobby through them. Yeah. So, what is it? Beckettauctions.com. That was a commercial brought Bill, to you by <laughs> Bill Sutherland. That's thanks, right. thanks, Bill, for that for yelling in my ear. Um, and our microphones muffle most of that, right? Yeah, uh, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So well, you know, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> I video. Hey, in other, in other news, I video bombed a group breaker yesterday. I video bombed yours. I know. And I that's that's on tape delay. Ah, dang. So it. I could I, technically I, cut you yeah, out, but you I could. won't. Oh, that. Thank you, because I'll, I'll I didn't. You I didn't cut yours out in your little. You should cut me out. No, when you did your little audio. Screen oh yeah, that one. Andy I was Groom. wondering about you. Yeah, I, I I haven't had time to even visit Beckett Radio. Yeah, man. Beckett.com forward slash radio. There you go. Okay. So okay, let, what, let where's the news site? Where are the news stories at? At a at a Beckett.com slash news. Slash news. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So check it out. Uh, let, For example, my okay. big news last night. Yeah. At 4 a.m., I'm processing a video. Okay. Where I went to the Indians game, watched the hometown Texas Rangers get trolloped. Yeah, 12-2. Nick Swisher won for four. That's great. With a run. No anyway, one cares. He, he's a star. <laughs> Second lowest batting lineup in the uh, batting average in the lineup. He's still go. a star. Yeah. O-H-I-O. Anyway, the, <laughs> the, uh, they, they whomped him. It was over in the fifth inning. But afterwards, with a full stadium of people waiting to watch the postgame fireworks, I opened a pack of Major League cards. There you go. When I got to the Jobu card, the guys behind me who were having a little too much of Jobu's rum had plenty to say. It was kind of funny. Not really, but there's some funny stuff in there. Yeah. We did that. You know, that okay. was our little capping the night adventure of yeah. a busy day. So well, that's cool. The, the, the National provides lots of experiences that you wouldn't expect. Whether you want to meet some of us, talk to some of us, talk on the radio, talk, yeah. you know, whatever videos. I've done package with kids. There's a lot of stuff to do beyond just show up and spend your money, yeah, and yeah. it's becoming more like that. So maybe next year we'll see even more. That's kind of my long answer. Yeah, no, I got you. Let, let's talk quickly about Panini getting the NFL license because yeah. I don't think we have talked about it yet. What? No. Honestly, what are your thoughts about them acquiring it? In some degrees, it makes sense. In some degrees, it might not to collectors. Yeah. Uh, collectors will probably not like the fact that the history of the game, the lineage is perhaps not going to be there through past brands. But I, 55 tops, 56, you know, those early years, they won't be represented via reprints and such. Yeah. You, we're still going to have retro players and sets and stuff like that. So, um, you know, big picture, I think the leagues do what they need to do for them because mm. the leagues are the, the top boss. Yeah. Uh, the leagues uh, have the sales numbers to know what's doing well and what's not. We all presume that our favorites sell well, but maybe they don't. So if, if things were getting tight or, you know, Things were getting tough for the league. You know, for example, if you're the NFL and, and you go to a store and half yeah. of the stuff sitting on the store aisle not selling is football cards, you want to make your football cards look better. So in theory, fewer brands for them and more stuff selling where it's not sitting is probably a good thing. So, you know, they have to make those tough decisions. And, you know, there are other things like marketing values and the ability to spend money on things like the Hall of Fame, be, having a presence there, having a presence at the draft, having a presence in promo cards and experiences like the like the rookie premiere, having the ability to pay for people to attend those or, or create stuff for people who are there. Yeah. Marketing power, I think they appreciate that too because it makes the NFL look better too. Yeah, yeah. So if, if a company isn't doing that, they may not you know they may go toward the one who does. I'm not I don't know the specifics of this case, but you know that that makes sense to me. Yeah. You you know you you go with the guy who can help you out the most, and they feel that that was Panini, I guess. Yeah. What what do you think Tops is going to do now that they lost it? Are they just going to kind of stay like nothing happened, ramp up some more baseball products, try and go after 
you know, and some other they, sport. They have they have said in the past they would pursue any sport. Actually, yeah, um, it's just a matter of the cost. Of course, uh, they you know they had basketball a few years ago. They 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 stopped doing basketball. At last year at the national during their collective community, they said they would pursue basketball. The difference is, is if if the sport doesn't sell as well for them, they have to weigh the cost versus the return. Yeah. So you know, for football, they I'm sure that they will try some things. Other companies are in the same boat. They don't have a PA license. Upper Deck creates cards, but they cannot use current players. They can use draft picks and old timers yeah. uh, because they're not part of the PA currently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the limitation Tops will not have. But they can still do old time player sets, draft pick sets. But the, the challenge is with the CLC license being elsewhere, those draft pick cards aren't as appealing as they could be. So it's kind of it's kind of a you know a, an extra challenge. So. If the, I'm sure they'll take it on in the short term after in the time after. I'm sure they'll put on a pretty good show in the years until 2016. Yeah. Um, you know they'll go out with a bang per se if they choose to, um, and you know leave a leave an impact at the end if it truly is the end. It may not be. You never yeah. know. You know a couple of years ago they they actually had lost it and then got it back before the season started. So there yeah. was a time where they thought they were were in limbo and it didn't happen. I don't think that's the case this time. Yeah. Um, so big picture, I think they will do what they've been doing until the end you know try some things and if they work out well they'll continue with them a lot of the hobby is trial and error yeah you know it it's just interesting to see these things happen because you know i i don't know i'm still on the fence about the whole licensing thing well you know, see, like, like the the one thing that that collectors always talk about it's a monopoly i want i don't you know i, I want a choice yeah. well think if you're if you are coca-cola yeah right this is a metaphor I go toward all, or all the time. Example, <laughs> all right. if you own Coca-Cola, are you going to let anybody bottle your, your pop and make it, call it Coke? Mm. Or are you going to let the best places that can handle the most and get the job done the best, yeah. are you going to let them do it? And, you know, that's their brand. The yeah. NFL owns its logos and its its stuff. And, you know, that it's just it's a different world and a different mindset that we enjoy the products. We don't think about all the front part of things. Yeah. It's, it's a very... It's a very what's the word here? It's a very different world on yeah. the other side of the of the table, so to speak. And, and it's also a big, big business. Yep, yep, yep. You know, if you if you want to do a deal with the Dallas Cowboys, if you're a small company, you better have the capability of making them a bunch of money because yeah. they have plenty of other offers too. Exactly. And that's kind of how you know. Yeah. That's kind of how it works. So if you get time to walk around the national and uh, explore, I hope a little I do. Bit. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, what what is kind of the booth that you're looking forward to? That's not a major, you know card company blowout yeah yeah well i mean those guys are here for the wax and you know you you always want to check that because the promotions tie into them but like one of the first things i always do i call it my museum of wax so so to speak they're a major dealer but they're not as um worried about the new stuff is uh baseball card exchange yeah yeah. they they have wax packs back to the 60s sitting right there in front of you you can buy them wow they have a 75 tops wax case or mini wax case for forty nine thousand dollars it shouldn't exist. It does. There it is. Big price tag. You yeah. can marvel. I window shop there all the time, looking at all the old wrappers and stuff. Yeah. They have tons of stuff. Their prices on 1980s stuff is actually pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, I have a video in the can that's waiting to get processed, okay. interviewing them about their stuff. Cool. And it, uh, that's one of my favorites since my very first national, which actually was here in Cleveland. Nice. Um, other ones, I there's there are, there are dealers who specialize in just game used jerseys. Mm. There's a guy who has this massive rack of just everything. Yeah, oh, I've, uh, I'm trying yeah. to get an interview with him just to see uh, how yeah. how he gets all that. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, my my 
it's an interesting. I don't know much about that guy, but I I visit every year and I've bought from him in the past. Yeah, it's funny. There's this whole world of authentication, and and you know, I pull it off the back, I put a sticker on it. It's it's good. I went to the Indians game last night. I could have bought a, a foul ball or a game used ball from that game last night, or the bases or the lineup yeah. card. It's instant game used memorabilia. Yeah. There's a whole other world of memorabilia where it's more like uh, athletic departments inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, s- schools, teams, programs. For, uh, they have this stuff, they use this stuff, they store the stuff, and then they get rid of it at the end of the year. Yeah. You know, they don't do it on a daily basis. Yeah. When I was at Alabama for school, there was a guy who set up with a, a literally a horse trailer across the road, and he had jerseys from you know basketball jerseys, football jerseys, game used stuff, cleats, pants, you nice. name it. Yeah. He bought it all from the athletic department in one swoop, like a bulk lot buy. Yeah. That's I think I, I don't know for sure, but I, based on this guy, the guy we're talking about, long story here. Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm windy. Yeah. He's not. Um, you know that kind of a situation. He buys in bulk from teams in the past. Yeah. So the, the stuff, 99.999% of it, I'm sure, is perfectly fine. But you do have to know what you're looking at. Yeah. You so. know, yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to, to check out some vintage guys. Uh, yeah, there's tons go, of those. Yeah, I, I, I got a bunch of questions that I want to talk about with, you know, vintage versus modern. You mm-hmm. know, what? and at the same time, you know, 50 years from now, what's going to be vintage that's actually present day you know what i mean like yeah you i know, mean well and the the thing we people don't think about and that's an emerging market eventually so when someone latches on and it's yeah. people start all doing it right now we're in a micro printing era where print runs are not as big as everybody thinks there are yeah there may have a bit there could be major products made by major companies maybe not fully licensed companies but they'll have a print run of three thousand cases and that's yeah. it and all the inclusions inside you know keep whittling that number down. Yeah. There, could, there could be autograph cards where there's 100 copies that we don't know. We think there's tons of them and there aren't. Yeah. And um, in 10 years, where's that wax to be found? Nowhere. Right now, when a product comes out that gets broken real fast, there's tons of it on eBay. So there's the perception that with there's, oh, there's 25 sitting there. Yeah. Uh, I'll wait till there's more later and the price goes down. Yeah. What happens when there aren't any more later? And so we've seen it. Uh, you know, there are cards from about a decade ago that were hard pulls then. Lou Brock autograph was on our cover several months ago. Lou Brock's not an expensive autograph, but on a super, super rare card someone wants, you know, what should be 50 bucks turns into three grand yeah. because it's a rare card. I'm not that kind of a collector, but as the time moves on and people want to latch on to popular sets like the Fleer Greats of the Game, uh, I think one of our, our workers here is pursuing the set. Nice. A Robin Yount card is short printed there. Robin Yount's not a rare autograph, not an expensive signer, but that card is pricey because it's rare. Yeah. There's going to be a lot more examples like that in the future as long as people consistently pursue collecting certain brands. Yeah, yeah. You know, like 2006 Allen & Ginter is a loaded set, landmark product, first arrival for that brand. People like it still. And, you know, a wax box originally cost 100 bucks, now it's 250 mm. I haven't seen one on the floor here, and I probably won't. How do you complete your set of autographs, which is not easy. It's yeah. a big challenge. And as, as the years goes on, they're harder to find. Yeah. That's, that's going to be happening all the time. Vintage, like we, everybody says, oh, there's so much vintage out here. The National is different. A lot of older dealers. And that those cards were plentiful, but we don't, think they, they, we don't think that they're plentiful because there's a demand for them. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's different, but it's the same, but yeah. it's also changing. Exactly. I don't know if that actually answered it, but I hope you were following <laughs> my logic. You know what? I, I just like to listen to what you have to say, Chris. Oh, I say too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I like bouncing back and forth. I don't know if you like it or not. <laughs> it is what it is, but... You know, it is what it is. Yeah. So, last question. Oh man. Will you be riding on the Ferris wheel sometime? I was thinking about doing a box break on the yes. Ferris wheel. Yes. Like, but the problem is, who's going to hold the camera? 
It had to be a selfie box or break. Or just have your computer, you know. Yeah, but as you'll lap. see on some of my recent videos when I get to them. Yeah. You know, the, the, the selfie view from below the chin is not the most Nothing. glamorous. <laughs> Yeah, don't you know the Instagram yeah, protocol? You got to go above your head. Exactly. You can't hold, how do you hold a, a laptop above your head, looking down, and hold, and then you got to get rip some wax. muscles, and then use yeah. your teeth to open the pack. You know, we need a GoPro camera. We can latch just just latch <laughs> put, it on to the Ferris on your wheel. Hat, like brew. Now that would know? be cool. Yeah. I, I, man, can we get that in the budget? Yeah, I'll I'll talk to the higher ups. How much are can, those? You know, uh, I have no idea. I don't need, I don't think they're that bad. Yeah, we could well, do it. We'll, we'll get Maybe a couple we'll trade some wax boxes around. Yeah, we can get it sponsored by you know GoPro. Com, I yeah. think. I hope. <laughs> Hello. But uh, hope it's not something else. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Why don't you uh, go do some work? Because obviously you're not working hard enough. I don't uh, want to. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> All right. All right. Next up, we have Panini's own Mr. Tracy Hackler with Chris Olds. Unfortunately, <laughs> he wanted to tag along. I'm singing back up. Yeah. Uh, Tracy, what's up, man? Hey, Derek, what's going on? Thanks for having us. So Scott Prusha was on yesterday. Yeah. And he, he had a pretty uh, elite interview. Yes. So uh, hopefully you can live up to... I uh, feel the pressure already. Yeah, I, I hope, because he, he, he was bringing it. Yeah, so no, he, he usually does. Yeah, he typically okay. does. <laughs> well, obviously the talk of the whole national is the exclusive agreement with the NFL and Panini starting 2016. Right. What uh, What's in store for you guys right when 2016 hits? What should we expect? Well, our exclusive with the NFL Players Inc. is uh, is it is the talk of the show. It's yeah. it's a pretty groundbreaking announcement. We're obviously really excited about it. Um, I think one of the reasons that we got that exclusive is because of some of the things we do on a product side, on a marketing side, on a a kid outreach side, um, a lot of innovation, and so we're going to continue doing that through 2016 or through go. 2015. And yeah. Then Get geared up for a big kickoff in 2016. So, uh, you know, Chris Olds was talking about, you know, the success of Panini and all that good stuff. I'm always Chris Olds. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he is. not just Chris. For, for uh, guys who don't really understand the process, what, what's it like to uh, go about trying to acquire the rights for an exclusive agreement like that? You know, I really don't know. I mean, yeah. it's that's usually above my pay grade. Okay, me um, too. Just they keep a, they keep a lot of us out of that process. Yeah. I mean, we've made since Panini has entered the U.S., mm. uh, we've made no bones about wanting to be licensed by yeah. by whoever. And sometimes it's an exclusive isn't something we pursue. Yeah. Sometimes it pursues us, and sometimes it just it just happens. I mean, yeah. it depends on the circumstances. But you know, I think we've we go above and beyond when it comes to this show to uh, the NFLPA rookie premiere. I mean, yeah. the, the Super Bowl, any event that we go to, we we, we want to engage the consumer yeah. in, in a big way. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I think that that always rises to the yeah. top because the, the alternative is you do nothing and sit on your hands. And it, and you, you're essentially representing them and their brand via you. Absolutely. No, so it makes point. them look more powerful, yeah. more yeah. impactful. Absolutely. We, we, we do more player deals than the competition. Uh, by two to one, we spend more money on the players, um, which they like, and that yeah, yeah. and that stands for something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we're really excited about it. Uh, let's talk about the the national so far. Yeah, it's been huge, uh, big Ferris wheel, you know, going around. Are, are you planning on going the Ferris wheel? You know, I wish it was a little faster. <laughs> actually, can we do another box break on the Ferris wheel? On the Ferris wheel, yeah. that's one that Pack hasn't been done. Something. Yep. And we've done we've done uh, Panini unwrapped on a we're gondola. There. We're in there. Italy. Yeah, no, no, we can do it. Um, <laughs> we do VIP packs. I haven't done those yet on camera. Yeah, that's those are good. Yeah, 
I hear. Um, I'm too. Yeah, I'm too poor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it, no, the national is a huge show for us every year. Yeah, we we pull out all the stops, um, and it's more than just the rap redemption. We I don't know how many other companies have their customer service manager here fulfilling live redemptions, but we have that. Yeah. Um, we have free kids breaks at our booth. Oh, nice. All, all weekend long. Yeah. Kids are getting free Can I get spots. In that? Winning free cars. Is there a height limit? It's tw- no, the, there's there, an age limit, Chris. Yeah, it's twelve it, and under. And there's a facial hair limit. <laughs> no, too. well, you, I'm, you, you got more than I do. I know. I didn't bring it up, but it's twelve and under, Chris. <laughs> And that doesn't apply. And that doesn't apply to mentality. No, right? well, I'm a two oh. there. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> Ouch. But so the so shrapnel. more so more than uh, that though. The, the thing I really like most about the national is not just hanging out with our partners in the industry like you guys, but it's really interacting with the. Our consumers, yeah. and spending time with them, meeting them in person, talking to them, yeah. and hearing their complaints, hearing their their, their compliments, mm-hmm. and, and just putting faces with names, and yeah. and that's a I think that's a big part of our success as a company Definitely. is that we do embrace them and we're not standoffish. Our booth is open door, yeah. come in whenever you want, and a uh, lounge even. Yeah, yeah, we have lounges. Definitely. So the rap redemption is a big part of what draws people to our booth, yeah. but it's so much more than that. And then obviously the last three years with the Panini VIP party mm-hmm. seems to grow more and more every year. And yeah. uh, this year looks to be the best one yet. Definitely. Any breaking announcements yet? Or are they all out? I don't even know. Uh, I think they're all out. So uh, I had, I hadn't checked in this morning. Nothing, nothing today. Yeah. But, okay. uh, so just to go over a quick recap. Yeah. Uh, we have Dominique Wilkins, Tom Glavin, Jose Canseco, yeah, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, nice. Julius Irving. Oh, they're related, uh, right? No, no. Only in that they're great basketball. Yeah, they're players. really, really future good. legend, past legend, yeah. Yeah. legend. Uh, <laughs> a guy named Joe Namath. Some dude. Roll yeah. Tide. Yeah, uh, whatever. Trey Burke. Okay. Uh, ben McLemore, and then all of that will be accompanied by live soundtrack provided by the. G- Legendary DJ Cool. Da, 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 yeah, da, da, you know da, da, that's da, da, da. that's a big name right there. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I, I don't know about any of the sports guys. They're whatever. DJ Cool is the man. DJ okay? Cool. So, a little history on DJ Cool. His autographs are available at the, at the event, right? Yeah, he, he's going to be signing. Okay, cool. It's a full um, picture. Our yeah. first uh, national VIP party, obviously, was three years ago, and we got we wanted to make a splash musically, so we sing got it. Bismarcky. <laughs> Say she's just a yeah. friend, right? But <laughs> as it turns out, yeah. the biz, he doesn't do... His own stuff. He doesn't do... No, no, no. He doesn't do DJing and rapping. You get him one or the other. Oh. Okay. He DJ or he can rap. Yeah. So he didn't rap that night. All right. And so that was kind of a bummer. So yeah. we went with DJ Cool the next year, and DJ Cool's phenomenal. He's yeah. a great guy. Uh, he really gets what we're doing and mm-hmm. is a big part of what we're doing now. And, and I saw Heckler doing some weird moves <laughs> yeah. at the end. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I witnessed it. Oh, it was man. a little crazy. We should try and get that on YouTube. Yes. You know? Actually, I did record. Really? Yeah. It just never got processed. <laughs> it's not on Vine yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you guys talked about having free kids pack wars and, and opening up packs left and right. Yeah. What, what's been the biggest pull so far in the Panini products? Well, that's a good question because because Prime is – Prime Hockey released this week, yeah. and that's doing really well. A lot of people were upset that National Treasure Basketball got moved back a few weeks, and we were too. Yeah, uh, obviously moved back for the right reasons. It's going to be better for, of because of it. Yeah, but I think it not being live with the Nationals really helped other products move, like Spectra Basketball mm. and like Prime yeah. Hockey. Yeah. So it's been a lot of a lot of phenomenal, like just great Prime Patch yeah. cards. Very nice. Um, but out of the Redemption packs, I've seen a couple of Manziel Cracked Ice Mem cards pulled, and out of five Prime. Yeah. 
out of fives and yeah. uh, Nolan Ryan autograph I saw. A lot of one-on-one. You know, the, one of the real coups of being at our booth is you get to see not only the cool redemption hits that pop out, yeah. but you, you get to see the cards that they pulled out of the boxes they bought to get the rapper redemption exactly, packs. Yeah. Well, and also, too, items. Signed photographs, yeah. signed hats. Yep, hats, Sketch cards of players, which, you know, we talked about that on the plane. Those are yeah. fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw a couple pictures, and I think they're great. I love them. I, yeah, I think they're – and you find out that some of you the players can actually draw. No, no question yeah. about it. <laughs> I would have never known. Some. some look no, at, some, look at, yes. You know, <laughs> I can do better than some of them. <laughs> no question. And, and you Not get out what artist. you put into it, right? Yeah. yeah. Just like anything in life. But when I when – I, I feel bad for the players sometimes because they don't know we're going to do this when we do the rookie torture. stuff. They come into our little marketing area yeah. and we say, here's some blank cards, draw something. Yeah, yeah. And I can't draw either. So if somebody said, hey, draw your favorite team's logo, I would try to draw it, yeah. but it would suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think the great thing about those cards is it does – It shows more, personality. Right, personality. It's more than an autograph. You know, They spent time on some of those. Some of those guys really go above and beyond. Yeah. Um, the mainstream media uses those usually to pick on the guys. Like, yeah. oh, Andrew Luck sucks at drawing. Deadspin I, loves you. That, yeah. Well, actually, Andrew Lux is one of the best ones I've seen. Really? <laughs> because he was a drafting major in college, so oh, he yeah. can draw. Yeah. But, but Deadspin. Stanford. Right. Yeah. Sorry. So anyway, it's, <laughs> but we've gotten a few calls from, from the Players Association a couple times and, yeah. and from the agents saying, dude, what are you doing to my guy? And it's like, <laughs> it's all in fun, man. We, yeah. we never want it to be. A negative thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just so, ima- sorry. Just no, imagine if they had him draw Tracy Hackler. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That, that would be a sight to see. That would see. be hideous. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> Perfect uh, for radio. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. So let, let's talk about the uh, the NBA real quick. Coming up, last night Paul George went down, yeah, gruesome a injury. Tragic, man. Yeah. Um, My leg hurts right now. Yeah, thinking about it. But let's talk What's about – no, go for it. What's the latest on him? Are they, what are they saying? I, Twitter said he had surgery. Yeah. He, Is it, it over? I mean, his career over? It's no longer in a left-hand – or a right angle. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's – it's, it's Kevin it Ware, years. exactly. Tight. You know, okay, okay. I, th- I think right. it'll be – yeah, yeah he's definitely tragic. out for the year. Tragic, man. I mean, he, was, he is the future of it, the USA basketball team. Well, he was just coming know? into his own too, yeah. as, a, as a legitimate superstar exactly. level guy. Yeah. And that's really – On the flip side, uh, uh, for collecting, uh-huh. people are perhaps going to be more interested in him now as a person, not yeah. as the performance side, but – he may have more fans as he tries to come back. Yeah, yeah. Just a thought. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you know what happens with him in the recent, you know, in, in the next couple of years. Right. You know, not just playing, but just as a person. Absolutely. Like, you know, yeah, and it also might create opportunities for other people on the on the Pacers roster too. Exactly. So, yeah. so let's talk about a few players that are there are Panini exclusives. Yep. Uh, bigger biggest impact this upcoming season. You have Dante Exum, Andrew Wiggins, Doug McDermott, and Jabari Parker. Who do you think? Is going to have the biggest impact this next season. You know, that's a good question. It's a tough I one. think obviously Andrew Wiggins is is extremely talented. Yeah, we're not sure where he's going to end up. Exactly, I mean, he, he could stay in Cleveland with LeBron and, and Kyrie and Waiters and all those guys. Probably won't mm. from everything we're hearing. Yeah. Um, so I think I can't really say him because I don't know where he's going to be. Yeah. You know, I think Doug McDermott. You know, Dougie McBuckets or whatever. <laughs> You know, small school guy who's yeah. got all the game and can score. Mm. He's in a great basketball town. But I'm going with Dante Exum because okay. I think not a lot of people obviously know much about him yeah. because he spent all of his developmental days in Australia. Um, he's got a – they have a good young team there in Utah with yeah. Burke and Rudy Gobert. and um, So I think 
I think people are more excited to see him. Yeah. Because they've seen Jabari Potential. Parker play. Yeah. Yeah. They've exactly. seen Wiggins play. They've seen even McDermott play. Yeah. Um, but he's Dante, in the VIP set too. Yes. Yes, yeah. he is. Very nice. And, and Dante Exum has a great accent as well because he's from <laughs> Australia. Yeah. Um, so and he seems like a cool guy because he was at the March Memories thing. Yeah. And he and he has a good head on his shoulders. You know. He's, yeah. He's really low key. His dad's been there, you yeah. know, been through it. So And that helps. But the thing is, you know a guy's got a great personality. When he, I don't know if y'all saw the commercials he did for Foot Action or Foot Locker. Yeah, where I think so. Nobody knew him. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I can relate. Well, yeah. so can I. When I go get shoes, <laughs> but who are you? He's yeah. got a great sense of humor. Yeah. And uh, we're going to see all those guys tomorrow at Definitely. the NBA rookie photo shoot. We're flying yeah. out 615 to New York for 9 o'clock oh, start. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's really wreaked havoc on our schedule because we yeah. have the Hall of Fame stuff going on in Canton. Yeah. With the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we have this, and then we have the NBA rookie photo shoot. So, but I'm going Dante. That's an extremely long-winded way to say I'm going Dante X. <laughs> that's a Chris Olds uh, answer right there. <laughs> no, you know? I'm about three times as bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, final question. What, what can we look forward to uh, as far as Panini goes in the extremely near future? Extremely near future. Yeah. Well, we, we just broke a uh, preview case of – National Treasures, one nice. preview case. It probably did get moved back, but we got one case here. Um, we broke it. So that's coming out August 20th. Okay. I think a lot of folks will re- really appreciate some of the new designs in there. Mm. Um, really a large incorporation of game-worn sneakers. Yep. Both the National Treasures, um, Immaculate and Flawless, our last yeah. three. So, so that's out there. I think National Treasures hockey is not such a, a immediate near future, but... Yeah. Um, next month. Yeah, yeah. That's our last hockey product. Yeah, so, that's going to be – I'm excited to well, see you know, the hits in that. I'm not a hockey guy. Yeah. I never have been. I'm a little bit ashamed to admit it. <laughs> I'm a football – Bill Sutherland knows that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a football guy. Yeah. But, but prime hockey makes me want to collect hockey. Yes. Because it's just such a unique product. And I hope now that we're going to have Chris Barr kind of helping on football, I hope that, that he will bring – the prime hockey idea to football. Definitely. I think you will. Yeah. Um, so anyway, prime hockey is out now blazing. National Treasures, our, our last hockey product is going to be loaded. Yeah. Uh, f- on the football side, we got a flawless football coming. Yeah. Um, which I think there's a lot of anticipation for that. I'm a little nervous about that because really? that's a high end. I'm not nervous that it'll do well. Mm. I'm nervous that the expectations based on what we did in basketball will be really high. Yeah. We have to meet those. And gotcha. uh, the cars look great. I know. Joe White did, did a signing with Michael Irvin earlier this week. He's do. We're doing a signing with Joe Namath this weekend while he's yeah. at our VIP party. Yeah. Roll so tight. It's going to have all the guys in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Flawless, National Treasures, and then basketball we're going to kickstart with uh, 2014-15 Hoops Basketball in yes. October. So it's, uh, it's a busy time, but it's exciting. Yeah. So I, I just thought of this question, and so one last question, I promise. No, no. The uh, Dude, rewards. You can ask me any questions you want. Man. Okay. Well, the rewards program uh, seems to be extremely successful. Uh, what has it looked like on y'all's end? Have you heard a lot of feedback from customers? Yeah, it's been good. You know, I think it's. Uh, I think with anything that's kind of a new concept, there's a little. You, you get feedback on both sides. It takes time. Our, develop. You, tweak. Right. Our audience is. Hypercritical. We love that because it it makes us better. Yeah. Um, I, I like the program. Mm. I think it will work. Yeah. Um, it's only in football right now. Okay. So I think uh, as it spreads to the other sports at the beginning of the the 2014-15 product seasons. Yeah. I think the, more people will be exposed to it. Mm. Uh, people are using it though. I do know that. Yeah. Um, David Sharp, who's our head of customer service, he runs 
uh, the rewards on that side of it too. The inventory side is really cool. You can see samples and yeah, you, you get 150, 150 points is the lowest total. Yeah. And essentially that will get you autographs or sometimes, you know, it, everything gets you a hit, even yeah. the basics. Yeah. And that's what it's replacing. And it, you can see it and you can select it and you can actually trade up and everybody knows that. I've right. talked about that already. Yeah. But it just surprised me some of the, some of the options you could yeah. turn something into. Surprises out there like Americana yeah. and things like that. And yeah. you can search the database. I mean, it's intended to replace redemptions. Yeah. And the thing that I like most about the program is if a lot of redemptions are guys that, quite frankly, aren't superstar level guys. If you yeah. get a redemption to Kobe Bryant, you're not going to complain. Yeah, you wish you had it right then, but you're going to you're going to get that. Yeah. If you get a redemption of Joey Bag of Donuts, <laughs> you don't He's good. care. Yeah, exactly. no, he, that guy rolls. <laughs> so, but you can use that card now instead of it being Joey Bag of Donuts. It's 150 points or 200 points. Yeah. Or you can use those points. Go to our site, PaniniRewards.com, I think is where it is. Yeah. And you can search that. If I'm a Bronco guy, I can search Broncos. I can search Osweiler. Yeah. And if there's a card there that matches up with my points, I can get that card instead. Yeah. And if I don't, I can hold my points up and accumulate them and get something even better. And so. also in group breaks, I mean, I've seen football group breaks that have it. Yeah. Say you get into a group break, you get a points card. You can turn it into whatever team you might want. True. Not just what you would have gotten. Yeah. It yeah. could even be different sports. Yeah, absolutely. They're yeah. not sports specific. And, and that's what I like about it is that, you know, I, I went on there and just kind of, you know, searched around. Yeah. And, yeah, you can use it on anything. And, mm-hmm. and that's what, you know, even if you buy, you know, a random pack of football cards and yeah. you're not normally a football collector, yeah. but you said, hey, why not? I mean, we got the yeah. points and you're like, well, I'm a hockey collector, so I'm going to check absolutely. out the hockey stuff. Yeah. And there's high-end options, too. I don't know if it's still there, but when I looked, there was a Secretariat saddle card which was a 2,500-pointer, so that's like 10. Oh, was it really? It's a high-point card, but, I mean, that's a premium card. It's a $300, $400 card that's definitely rare and super unique out of Golden Age. Yeah. Yeah. Horse racing saddle. I mean, that's that's something I would never buy, but if somehow I had that many points, points, I'd totally take it. Now, I want to put on Beckett Media hat right here. As a pricing analyst, do you think we would have to start pricing these cards? No, they already are. <laughs> well, I, I oh, mean, you mean the you like, mean the code cards themselves? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a good, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, no, no, start I'm, putting it's it like in the it's like, a, it's like, like an exchange card. They yeah. do get priced, exactly. as you know. Yeah. So I mean, you know, there there is a market for them, yeah. and I think people were talking about. I don't know yeah. what the market is. Well, they do get traded looked. online, and yeah, people are selling. Sold. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you at some point, I mean, and again, this is going to be the beauty of it when it gets into the other sports. Yeah. Is you'll have more of a test to look at as opposed to what do one hundred fifty now. Here's the real question as it relates to pricing those. Does 150 points in score equal 150 points in National Treasures, or are the National Treasures cards more? Or? Yeah. But well, and the other thing, too, is is the point, and I don't think that's just the case, but the points may go for less than the actual stuff you trade in for, even straight mm-hmm. up. So, you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic. It's almost like this little closed market. Yeah. It's like, not just to mention, like ETOPS is yeah. a closed market where people are wheeling and dealing those cards in a certain area. Yeah. This isn't really a trading marketplace in terms of selling, but you're taking your points and redeeming them for something you want. So if cards are available on there that aren't on eBay, there might be more demand for yeah. them where yeah. people can find find stuff they can't get and actually make more than they think they do if they sell it. Right. Like, a, you know, the gems hunting. Yeah. No, it, it'll uh, definitely be interesting to see the future of that. I'm excited. You well, know, the thing here, too, you know, a lot of the criticism before we even really debut any information on it was, oh, you, you, you're you just going to take out all the good hits and put points in. It's never intended to. And they to, don't expire, right? They don't expire. Yeah. Um, 
a guy like Kobe Bryant or Johnny Manziel or you name the yeah. superstar level player, yeah. he, Joe Namath, he'll tight. be a redemption. Yeah, that guy'll never be a point guard. Perfect world, guys like that aren't redemptions because they're our exclusive guys. Yep, exactly. But we're not going to have points to replace the case hits. Mm-hmm. That's not so, the idea. Uh, yeah. Question then: So these these replace hits that didn't make it out for packs. The, if if a player returns stuff, do those become? future cards that are in the rewards program if they turn them in late sure yeah absolutely yeah. i think that's part of the beauty of the program yeah. is it's not a player yeah. now internally our product guys who make checklists are like that was supposed to be this guy so they kind of have an idea in their head but the, that's the beauty of the points they are flexible and there will still be some redemptions if it's a guy like blake griffin kevin durant kobe yeah. bryant the, the, the joe namath nice roll tight. <laughs> yeah i mean joe namath would be a guy we would want to put a redem- uh, yeah. redemption yeah. in for not points gotcha well, uh, you know, it's always fun to have you come on the show. Thank you. How do I do it get Scotty? <laughs> I mean, you know, you're a national treasure. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He I, was he was a elite. You're a national yeah, treasure. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't say it because I would like to have Scott back on the show. <laughs> oh, so I don't can you imagine those two together? You don't want to know. That, that I would think, be a lot of fun. I think if Derek walked into the hobby shop, he he would see us as two national treasures boxes yeah. together. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, Tracy, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, man, uh, anytime. I appreciate it. So I guess that about wraps it up here for the National Convention. Uh, Day two for Becker Radio was a blast. Day four for the National Convention looks like a tremendous success. They had a lot of cool things happening today. Uh, We did a lot of pack wars with kids on the uh, At The Case Break Pavilion. Uh, with a lot of the Beckett folks here. Uh, and yeah, it's just been a blast. Cleveland, Ohio has been great. The National Convention, the IX Center is uh, fantastic. If you haven't been here, literally in every interview that I've done, I talked about the Ferris wheel. There is a giant Ferris wheel in the middle of this conference center. Uh, it's, it's crazy and it works. You can go check it out. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow's the final day of the National Convention. And if you haven't gotten a chance to come check it out, uh, you it's a sight to see. So next year it'll be in Chicago. So you'll definitely have to check it out for the 36th annual National Convention. So uh, yeah, that, that about wraps it up for me. I'm Derek Ficken, your host. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at Beckett Radio or check us out on our website, www.beckett.com radio. And yeah, you know, send us questions, topics, interview guests, ideas, whatever you guys want. Just send us an email at radio at Beckett.com. Well, like I said, I'm Derek Ficken for Beckett Radio.